Good evening and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 214th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azle, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplicy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. Three for the money. This is our third time that we're going to be having this guest on, and I'm so excited to welcome back. He is fully healthy. I am fully not. But yet we're still here and we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a fantastic show. I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. And we're going to be talking about a lot of great things, including some things that I don't quite understand. I'm sure there will be a lot of mispronunciation of things, but that's the way it goes when you have this gentleman on. But before we get to formal introductions, we have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. For the first time in its history, Drew Estates Liga Pravada 10 Anniversario Connecticut Criollo Cigar will be regularly available as a monthly allocation for qualifying Drew Diplomat program participants beginning in mid-June. If you ever wonder, if you ever wonder if you would like to have a fantastic example of alliteration, see Joe Grow at Drew Estate for these press releases as they all string together with like, like, with like letters and syllables. It's fantastic. Due to the limited supply of the tobaccos used in each Liga Pravada expression, production for all Liga Pravada cigars is limited because of the magnificent Connecticut River Valley Kappa leaves, which are the hallmark of every Liga Pravada cigar. They remain difficult and most difficult component to secure. This is especially true for the Liga Pravada 10 anniversary uh, anniversary of Connecticut Criollo. But now it will be regularly available on a monthly allocation at your local Drew Diplomat retailer. So check it out. Starting in mid-June, you can get these luscious, fantastic Ligas at a regular time. So thank you so much to our sponsor, Drew Estate. And welcome, everyone. This is our 214th take. And it's pleased. I am pleased to welcome in our fantastic guest for the evening, sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today and start living United, Mister Mike Stevenkevich of uh, <laughs> Cigars and a Cigar Hustlers podcast. Mike, how are you doing yes. tonight? I am doing better than you, Bear. You know, which uh, which is, I guess, this is a thing now that we're going to have a thing where we're, one of us is just, unhealthy. We're just going to have a thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, and it'll be, and that, that will be ours. You're not feeling well. You plug me in. I'm sick. Same thing, you know? So uh, it's, it'll be a good test to, for you to see how, you know, see how you fare through all of this. Ross. It's, it's, you know? it's, it's getting a lot, it's getting a lot easier. It's getting a lot better. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I only climb up half a flight of stairs and get winded. So it's, it's, it's getting there. So but, what do you uh, do? You sit down at that point, kind of take a break. Pretty much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Call call for Excellent. my son to bring me some water, you know. Right, right. Bring daddy oxygen. Exactly. I mean, he's six years old now. He's <laughs> he's hauling that tank up 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 and down the stairs. It's all good. Like it's no all problem. good. Oh my, yeah, Mike. It's such a it's such a pleasure to welcome you back. Uh, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for making the time for me this evening, and and I'm in my audience. A uh, lot of lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, but I kind of wanted to break the ice tonight with something that. Um, you know, on occasion, you've and you've given me, you've given me great praise over the uh, over the last couple of years, Mike. You you you've said a, a number of times just how how impressed you are with my research and things like that, and just things that I know. And um, 100%. when I prepare for these, and uh, and uh, uh, I have to admit, I completely missed this, did not know it, uh, and found this out pretty recently. Um, but uh -huh. apparently, it's been going on for a while. You're a realtor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am a realtor. Yeah. How, how, how long have you been in the realty game? 
I've been doing it for like four years, four, four or five years, something like that. You know, started oh off God. as like a, make a little extra cash here and there and, you know, uh, work with people that I know. I, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of realtors are assholes, man, you know, more often than <laughs> not. And, you know, you think that the cigar industry is tough. God, you know, real estate. Um, so I, you know, I only like to do it from time to time. I like to work with people I know every once in a while, it'll be like a friend of a friend, but um, I'm still kind of timid with that too, because, you know, you can do a lot of work. You can show a person a lot of properties and still get burned. And I actually had that experience at uh, TPE two years ago. I, I showed somebody, they were on the fence and like, they wanted to see a bunch of houses. I'm like, okay, whatever, man, we'll do it. And I, you know, I showed, uh, I went against my, you know, uh, I don't know, my will or whatever. I'm like, you know what? Fine, whatever. Let's go. So I showed him like 20, 30, 40 houses and I fly. I'm like, Hey, just want you to know, I'm going to be out of town for the next two days and I'll be back. They found another realtor than that time. And then they made it, made a purchase for somebody else. I'm like, that oh. Sucks. oh yeah. I'm like, wow. So, um, so yeah. So I, I, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that really has a good temperament when somebody kind of screws me over. So it's best that I don't work with people outside <laughs> of my realm who trust me. You know what I mean? I just think that it's better for all parties and nobody will die. So uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm a realtor uh, every once in a while, every once in a while. You got to put that. I hope that God, I hope that's on your business card. Realtors are assholes. Realtors are yeah. assholes. Do, but are. Don't worry. I'm the cigar hustler. Yeah. I'm, but rest <laughs> assured, it's not what I do for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just like everything. You can't just blanketing statement across the board. There are definitely some good realtors out there. Uh, I would just say in my experience, more often than not, they suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we spent a year looking for this house. And so we've, yeah. we've been in it for about five months. I mean, we spent a year. Uh, it was crazy. Absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. Worst time in the world, not just the market, but just uh, not just like prices, but just the worst time in the world to ever look for a house. Oh, yeah. You know, it was the, just uh, yeah, the dynamic and, and what's going on with with how the housing market is mm -hmm. insane insane i mean you know even down here obviously like if it goes to market it, it was it'd be gone in a day or two and there'd be some crazy bidding war or whatever you yeah know? so i mean good for you in some cases but i mean you know like you said it just it's a crazy just crazy it's, crazy it's industry. yeah it's tough. It's tough. i yeah. figured i didn't have any much going on so why not do one more thing you know, <laughs> who, knows? who needs sleep, you know, like, yeah, that's not important. You know, no, that's really, that's really, I mean, what, I mean, just, is, I won't spend too much longer on this. I'm just curious, like what, what made you like, okay, I'll go do that. Like just something else to do or, or like, did you like really want to help out like a couple of people that you knew or did it look fun you know, or I think what happens in life is, you know, I really have this tendency to kind of gravitate towards people that I believe that are really good at a craft and, you know, make kind of make them my mentors. And I had somebody at that time who was doing really well at, in the industry. And I thought that that person would be a good fit with me. And for the most part, I learned the ins and outs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I just didn't, it just didn't feel right for me. It just didn't fit who I, who I was, you know? And uh, that's why I was like, okay, I need to dumb this down. And now that I kind of have the knowledge, I'll just, I only want to work with people 
that I know that, that trust me and, and know that I can trust them. Nice. So, uh, you know, I just always think that that's the best approach in life. If you have someone that has, that's good at something and they're willing to teach it to you, why wouldn't you go that direction? Why wouldn't you work with those people? So I had a guy, I no longer have that guy and that's it, you know? Well, I know Coop's been talking about moving down to Florida for a couple of years now, like eventually, like, so, I mean, we'll talk about the terms, I guess, at the show and everything, but I'll work on him to, you know, look in your area. And then like, when you, when you get in the house, I'll just, I'll take a very small, very small finder's fee. And we'll be fine. Of course. Like a we'll Pedro Millennium or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, come on. I'm not greedy. I mean, <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like it, it was just something interesting that I found, so I pr- appreciate you humoring me on that. But uh, uh, so uh, I assume you're smoking in the, uh, the with the time of the evening. I'm assuming you're smoking a Neanderthal. I flipped it on you. Uh, oh my god! The Neanderthal is right here, though. The Neanderthal okay. is right here. Um, you know, I was like, man, what do I do? I didn't know how long this is going to run. It's like, okay, so do I? How do I? You know, I've I've had a EC already today, brotherly kindness, Costanya Habano. And I'm like, okay, but if I go right into Neanderthal right now, then what am I going to smoke afterwards? So I start, so I'm on to a shepherd. So I did a shepherd. This is okay. the, the collab release that I, that I just had coming out. I'm like, this is, this is good between the two, between the Habano and the San Andreas. I'll smoke that. And then I'll light up the Neanderthal come to tail end. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So you're hundred percent correct. That's, that's exactly where I'm going to end up. Awesome. Well, the, um, the, the question I wanted to ask you about was this was with, you know, you know, there's the, now there's several different Vitolas that are available somewhat regularly with the Neanderthal mm-hmm. blend and everything. And, and I know you have, the, it looked like the HN there. Um, um, am, I, am I right? Is that the Vitola yep. you have? Okay. So, is, okay. I, I don't really want to get you in deep water here, Skip, and I'm really not trying to pick a fight. I'm just curious, like, because That's you okay. like we, that blend so much. We get into deep water all the time with Skip. Let's go. <laughs> well, Let's I know you go. like you the blend so watching. much, but is there is there has there been a Vitola that he's created with that blend where you're just like, this 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 is the bottom of the barrel it's not bad it's just it's my least favorite of this blend you know i would say the least favorite of my blend generally with any blend is when you kind of start getting into a bigger gauge with the exception of the ec uh so i think you know i'm not gonna screw it up it's one of the german ones that that has a oh you know what they just came out with that um that 60 gauge or whatever the hell it is. And I probably don't, I don't even really go for it. And that's probably, I'm probably not being fair to it, but it isn't the one that I'd be like, yes, I need that big gauge. The HN mm-hmm. is definitely my easiest go-to as far as uh, availability and it's consistent flavor profile. I do like the HS, which is a smaller gauge of Corona Gorda. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think that the one that is the most, that is the most money is, is like the, the, the best one. is that goddamn grand perfecto, just because how it changes, you know, anything that has that, that, that shape really gives you so much more complexity. And, you know, if, if I have the E-season stock that are Grand Perfectos or those Neanderthals, I'm like, oh, we're going to bring home some of those too, you know. But I would say that the one I like the least is probably going to be the biggest gauge. You know, the, the C3 gauge. is what it's, is what it's called. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've often wondered if he's ever going to do something like a slobber knocker with it that's just so much tobacco though like i wouldn't even know where he would like that thing would probably end up being like 40 bucks yeah i mean it's a bit of a powerhouse if you go that that realm in a san andreas with that uh you know that green river sucker the, the, the green river sucker one yeah yeah you know um 
I would try it once at least if that were the case. But um, I like some of the other things that he does with the barber poles and he tables off the San Andreas and stuff like that. I think that that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, let's let's go. Let's do a femur in a in a Neanderthal. Let's put a yes. band on it. You know, you I mean, look, why fuck around? I mean, then we could just watch, instantly watch all the threads from all the uh, all the Facebook groups about how they're still complaining how they can't get the band off. Right. This is a, they use cement on this one. I mean, <laughs> how do I pull? I need a flathead screwdriver to remove this thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Steve, see, Skip should thank us. Here we are giving you million dollar ideas. We're not charging yeah. a damn thing. Yeah, you're uh, welcome, Skip. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that brings us into tonight's major point. And thanks, uh, thanks for breaking the ice there uh, with some fun, interesting topics there, Mike. We kind of went left and we kind of went right. So let's come back home and, and talk uh, about you. So with tonight's major point, it's always brought to you by the people. Yeah, cigar people. The people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol. Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times? Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol, Cigars. So, Mike, um, again, something else uh, that just kind of crept up on me in the last, I don't know, 18 months or so that wasn't aware of. Um, so I'm just going to keep falling on my sword a bunch tonight about this, about just me not knowing things. Um, okay. The, but the you simple, knew before the, the show. So the, you're good. Sorry, that's true. Yeah. But the, the symbol behind you. Yes. Postania or Postpiche? Yeah. No, this is Postania. Okay. Postpiche okay. is, is so the, the wholesale distribution company is Postpiche and that's, Polish for hustle. So it's, you know, Posh. cigar hustler, hustle ink, you know? Um, and then that kind of, and Postania means uprising. Right. I knew that one. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So pronounce it again. Say it one more time. Poshik and Postania. Po- Poshik. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That yeah. One's easy. You had Postania. You didn't have Poshik. Yeah. Yeah. No, I told it. No, I told like that one. Post yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I, you know, I'm supposed to be Polish. I have to figure it out too. Bro. We'll go. <laughs> we'll get there together. We'll get there together. So it's 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 Polish for hustle, as you said. Yeah, it's hustle link. Nice. Yeah. Nice. If okay. You know, I'm cigar hustler, hustle link. What's one more hustle? You know. So I like it. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. okay. So I mean, has that okay? So we're talking about the distribution. How long ago was that formed, or has that been in place this whole time? And we've we in the and I you know the collective cigar media, including myself, just never identified you correctly well um yeah the the company name has always been poshik and it's i don't know when we started doing post on sales what six years ago mm-hmm. you know the the remarkable thing about all of that is as we were, we just kind of figured it out as we were going down the road you know we had the blends for the cigars before we had the name of the cigar I'm like what the hell are you going to call this thing and it's like okay well now you can't distribute it from your retail company you need to build a wholesale company so what what the hell are you going to call that you know so it's always been poshik and uh postania has always been the brand so that's when the that it kind of they were birthed almost simultaneously right okay. and because that was set up that's where fable and guimaro kind of came into play as far as handling distribution and you know um my boy fq mr matt hunt the world traveler who knows where he is right now 
Uh, it could be in Spain, flying jets. I have no idea, but I get asked all the time. And uh, that's really where it all started, you know. Um, and then we kind of started doing these collabs, too. That's the next thing that I feel like you're going to read into when you now are eventually. So. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you would keep reading my mind, too, that'll work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, go ahead. No, no, no. no. So, um, this ain't my first rodeo, bro. I, I know. I know. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. So, I mean, so talk, yeah. So, again, this... I mean, your, your MO has been until, you know, until last year really has been this, you, and you have great partnerships and relationships around the industry. So it's not like you've kind of just fixed yourself to, to one horse and that's it. It's always been, but you've always had this great, fantastic relationship with Nick Suenia, of course, yeah. uh, Skip and Mike and everything. So, uh, and you just talked about some of the cigars that you've, your company's distributed, which is all is manufactured there as well, including your own brands too. Right. Um, but then you decide to venture out and with the first uh, the first iteration or first collaboration that you've came out with was was Bangarang. This was released last summer. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, and this was a partnership with uh, Eric Espinosa. Yes. Was so this is something I was curious about and I couldn't I couldn't find. I don't remember. I may have asked you and I just didn't recall. Uh, was this a Lazona manufactured cigar or was this at like AJ Fernandez or San this was AJ. This was AJ, okay. Yep. But, but blended by Hector, correct? Yes. Well, blended by Hector and myself. Yes. So, um, I mean, the biggest, I mean, the, the obvious question is why? I mean, why did, uh, why did you want to start deviating uh, um, off of, you know, what had kind of, you know, had, you had, what had brought you to market and everything? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it was a hard decision, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing for me to do because I didn't want to piss anybody off. Number one, right? Like I think the world is Skip and I think the world of Michael and, you know, uh, it wasn't anything personal from them at all. You know, it was just as far as Postania was concerned, uh, Postania has a home and it's, it's made at Nika Sueno and I don't plan on making Postania anywhere else as long as they'll have me there, you know, cause those guys are my family. When you produce cigars, with a company that's producing 1.2 million sticks, you have the ability to come in and be slated on a particular time. Right. And sometimes there will be lulls, right? You, you could, you know, if, if a product is doing better than you anticipated, you sell it out faster. Right. And mm -hmm. if you don't have access to it, then now you have nothing to sell, you know? So it's like, okay, I want to, I still want to keep creating. I still want to keep making cool stuff. Like how do I do that? where I can still protect Postania, its core line products, still make cool, some small limited runs with it and still kind of make other things with other people. And that's where I was like, okay, I can just, you know, it's like I can do whatever I want out of that realm as long as I work with people I know and trust. So, you know, Eric is definitely a guy I know. Right. He's always, he's always been a straight shooter with me. He's never, I mean, there's never been any type of manipulation. And, you know, I, I say that because there's a lot of that in this industry. There's a lot of people that it's very easy to get kind of caught up in, hey, I want to make a cigar. And some of them say, sure, A, B, or C, pick your one. Perfect. Okay, done. And then it's terrible. And then, you know, you can't really sell it, you know, and like that happens a lot, right? Yeah. No, it's so it's, a, it's an inside joke for, the re for a reason because it's true. Right. Yeah. So, you know. I'm like, okay, I hear my thoughts on this blend. I hear my thoughts on the size and, you know, and they made it happen. They put it together and it was cool to kind of get an experience with somebody else, how somebody else does it, 
and how it's kind of ran. Cause there's so many different ways you can make a cigar. Um, you know, Nika Sueno's ground up, right? It's, you know, there's every, every aspect of it you're involved in every step of the way, the reliability of the factory and, 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 and the bands and the boxes, you know, they handle all of it for me. So, um, everybody's a little different, you know, and Eric was, Eric was really good. Like I had no issues with, with doing, with producing the cigars with him. Um, they're a little unorganized, you know, uh, they're a little all over the place. They got a lot going on. And, but, uh, I love those dudes, man. You know, Hector and Jack, they're always a hoot. Uh, he, Hector's really fun to harass from time to time. Eventually, you know, he, he has no choice but to give in or he's going to shoot me one or the other. Um, but yeah, so, and I wanted to create things that had purpose to me that weren't necessarily Postania. Like Postania stands on its own, you know, uh, what it represents for me and, and, you know, the branding of the company that makes it the whole, the whole gamut, right? So stepping out and kind of doing something different gave me an opportunity to produce stuff and always be in the face of the retailers, you know, instead of just having one particular batch for one particular core, not putting additional stress on Nico Sueno and still continuing to grow my company. So um, what's really kind of flattering, though, is that I I always wanted to make a cigar, you know, and I could tell you that I approached people in the first few years of me in the industry and I was laughed at. You know, um, man, I wish I could, I wish I could show you the text, but I've looked them up and they're gone. Unfortunately, there was like several iPhones ago and, um, you know, they were, I got ha 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 or whatever, you know? And, but now it's like, because I've, because I've always been, uh, a, a hard worker, you know, a good businessman, uh, fair to everybody, you know, that reputation starts to kind of precede itself. And when you walk up to people that, you know, and respect say, Hey, I want to make a scar. They're like, sure, whatever you want to do, you know? Um, and I'm really fortunate to have that. And, you know, the same scenario with Matt Booth, obviously that's the other ones that we've made. And, uh, you know, he's another hard worker and I respect him and he can be a little crazy sometimes, but, uh, crazy works with me. So, um, that's really kind of how the birth of those blends happen, you know, so for a need need for growth and, and plus the ability to uh, not put more pressure on the swimmer. I want to, I want to back up here a little bit, Mike, because I think there's some education that like a lot of us can understand because there's a lot of fans of yours out there. Right. And also some bl- uh, fans of other brands that are kind of in your, in your similar situation there, you know, they're like you said, slated at, at a larger factory, whether it be right. larger in the sense of a small factory like Nicosuania or, you know, a larger factory, like say San Latana, for example, or something like that. Right. But they're saying, so let's, let's, I want to, let's, I want to unpack that for my audience here. So, so we all knew, we all heard about the, the broadly shortage and everything like that. And you, you have cigars mm-hmm. that kind of feature broadly, for example, Skip and Mike are under that same situation too. They're under that same pressure. They had that, they had that long spell without where, where they weren't able to produce Cro-Magnon, at least at the level that they deem fit. Right. Skip had said that many times. So finally, so Broadleaf becomes available. Does mm-hmm. that does that mean that Postania goes is, you know, f- for lack of a better term, back of the line or further down the line, or can only get so much of this because obviously they're they're behind on on their top thing. Is that how slating works, or or is it? Am I yeah. completely missing the boat here? No, I, I mean I think that that's a, definitely a, a fair statement. You know the. I mean, the reality is that, you know, that when you work with a factory, uh, especially, you know, a smaller factory that's only producing a million sticks a year, that 
you're not the number one priority, right? And if you go in there with the intentions that you're the number one priority, you're lying to yourself. You know, I would never, ever expect Skip to say, all right, we're going to make Postanya first. I would expect them to take care of themselves first with the Cro-Magnons, um, you know, and that whole entire line. And then, you know, um, have, you know, then, then, then slate me in, you know, it's for production to make it work. If uh, like this upcoming year, I think fraud leave is another issue. So, you know, I have no intentions of putting additional pressure on that factory. I said, okay, so let's skip it. We'll skip it this year. If we, when we run out, we run out. It is what it is. You know, I'm not, you know, like you have to be um, understanding to who you're working with and what, and what they're trying to do. Right. If not, what would I do? I'd get angry and say, Hey, no, you got to make mine too. Like what, where would that put me? You know, that, that doesn't make me a team player at all. And at the end of the day, if you don't have a transaction where everybody wins, then it's going to blow up in someone's face. Right. Everybody, everybody and, eats. That's right. Everybody eats. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that. Let's take care of everybody. You know, um, believe me, there are plenty of people that don't want to eat with you anyway, so they can, they can go screw off. It's no big deal. So, um, or, I mean, don't, really, or don't understand what a meal is either way, you know, right. It's fine. Right. They don't, yeah. They don't get it. So, Hey, um, I, I always try and, uh, and, and take care of everybody fairly and, and, and understand where everybody's coming from. And I think that that is a, uh, is important, you know, and that I guess to some degree that actually makes me a little easier to work with, you know, because I think that a lot of people go in there and saying, well, what do you mean? You know, I want 20,000 sticks. Wait, that's a lot of cigars that, you know, you can't make that right away. It's like, first of all, bro, 20,000 ain't shit. Um, you know, th and it's just a more of a problem for me and a headache for me than it is any, yeah, I'll make a little bit of money, but I'm not, I'm not crushing it off of your cigar, you know? Right. So you know, you really have to have that kind of mindset when you're dealing with that sort of thing. As long as the other company is going to be fair, they're going to make the product that you ask for and deliver in a quasi timely fashion. Let's be honest. It is the cigar industry. Then you're all good, you know? Yep. So, I mean, so I, I'm imagine something similar happened with when you went to Eric too, and at least in a certain regard, right? Lazona is, is another small factory. Hey, right. Mike, we'd love to work with you. At least I'm, I'm making up this dialogue, right? But hey, Mike, sure. we'd love to work with you. Sounds great. Look, we're at capacity. Um, but look, we have this great resource in, in, in AJ Fernandez. Would that be something you'd be interested in? And I'm sure that's, I mean, kind of, kind of along yeah. the lines of what we're talking about there. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, I think that, you know, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware that deadlines get pushed back, right? So um, we had deadlines get pushed back several months. And, you know, I think that I was never up on anybody's ass about it. You know, I was like, okay, how are we doing? You know, just checking in, seeing where we're at. Uh, we're not there yet. We're, you know, we're, we're slating for June. Okay. Well, what's happening now? Uh, we're at July. Okay. Well, we're approaching August and I'm never looking at it like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, uh, then one day they're, Hey, it's all together. And it's ready to ship. Okay, cool. Here's your money. And, you know, I, I think I, I actually remember Hecker saying, wow, that was one of the easiest transactions I've ever had. Like, yeah, no shit. I understand the game, you know, <laughs> like this is, I'm a nice guy. Why do I have this reputation? <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's like, uh, uh, I did a little, uh, a little like podcast herf with some people yesterday. And like, someone said, well, you're the thousand pound grill in the room, aren't you? I'm like, I guess, you know, um, but you know what? I can be a complete asshole too if somebody does the wrong thing. You know, I've had those interactions in this industry 
And I think that earlier on in the industry, I was always kind of like, no big deal. And I would just take the hit. Right. Or I'd see somebody that was that I, that I'm with, um, take the hit. And I, and that, that's when you kind of get the full asshole. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, no, no, this isn't happening. You don't get to take advantage of him. I'm not okay with that. Or you're not going to take advantage of me. I'm not okay with that. Like, again, same scenario. It's gotta be a win-win, you know, um, that happens a lot, you know, and I won't let my boys not be included. So if I'm coming to PCA and you got a sample, you better give it to them first. Not me. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just a, it's a really, I guess, thoughtful use of the golden rule that, you know, sometimes people forget, you know, just yeah, treat others, I, treat, yeah. Yeah, treat others as you want to be treated. Otherwise you get the full yeah. asshole. I mean, that's, that's it, you know, um, and it happens a lot in this industry, man. You know how this, this, this game is. It's a, a lot of people are very egotistical and, you know, uh, kind of full of themselves. But at the end of the day, you know, there's only so much tobacco that, that's out there. There's only so many blends that you can make. And, you know, um, there's only so many different ways to differentiate those cigars, right? And I think that when you make cigars, if you don't put your heart and your soul into them and, and they don't have a purpose in a meeting, uh, they flounder. It doesn't matter what the blend is, you know, it doesn't matter what the cigar is. So, you know, you so see that all the time too. That's true. So speaking of the cigar, the cigar is called Bang Ring. It was the first collaboration. Yes. Espinosa. So, um, I mean, is this, was that a one and done? Is it limited release, limited, uh, you know, limited regular production, how, whatever, I mean, the variations of things that we call it. I have plans of other variations with that cigar and different Vitolas and stuff like that. Um, I haven't been able to nail down all of it, all of it, all the logistics worked out with Eric. I've been a little bit busy to be fair and, you know, they're obviously busy too. Um, but sometimes getting everybody on the, on, at the same table is you're just trying to like nail jello to a wall. So, you know, hopefully in the upcoming months, we'll be able to sit down and I'll be able to figure out, you know, label production, and all that stuff. And they'll be able to figure out what they're going to do as far as, timelines and costs and all that stuff so i do plan on making more of them at least or a variation of them because i like that cigar i like the i like the thought process behind the band and the creation of it um you know those those sort of things like they have a tendency to stick with me like i mean sbc at this point when it's made uh, people go nuts over it you know and uh, i love what it means and what it represents and you know um I love the fact that I can make different blends with it. And I, I, you know what I, the real the reality is I need to step up to the plate and start making a little more of it because it just sells out way too damn fast. I've never been able to really sell it on my own online store. So, um, because other retailers want it and I'm going to make sure that I cater to those retailers before I cater to anybody else. I had the, um, I guess, I think it was like Corona Gorda. Was it the 21? That, that was the 20. Yeah, 20. Yeah, they're all, the 20. they're all they're all the same size, but the blends are different. It was the blue one, the blue and red. Yeah, the 20. 20. That was my okay. last one. That was that was sensational. I had it uh, over uh, at Allen's Place Caribbean in Miami. So thanks, man. It was yeah, I like Allen. Awesome. But you know, you gotta lot watch out for Allen because that guy's more of a hoarder than he is a cigar retailer. You know, <laughs> he had <laughs> some gem- actually- he had some gems, man. He had some gems. I'm not kidding. He's He's got stuff My tucked away visit. in that place, you know, that are when you start opening some of those cabinets, like, dude, 
what is that? And he's like, that's not for sale. You can't have that. <laughs> so what are you doing with this? You know, but uh, he was the first retailer to approach me about Postania. I mean, I remember like, so it was in New Orleans and I was, uh, I was at, in the hotel, like in the lobby and I needed my charger for my phone or something. So I'm like on my knees going through my suitcase, trying to figure out life as, as, as we know it. And, you know, this dude comes walking right up. He's like, Hey, I know you, you're the guy that's making Postania. And I was like, I am that guy. He's like, yeah, I really want that. I'm very excited. I'm like, all right, dude, cool. So we hit it off right away, man. Alan to this day is still, he's a great friend and I, I love talking to him and, and, you know, BSing with him about some life in general, you know? Just to find out, it was my first time meeting him, my first time in a store and I could see why Hector and some of the folks just hang out there. It's very chill. Gem, gems of cigars, good stuff um, on the shelves and it's just really fantastic. So I, I really loved it and that's where, that's where I had that. Um, the SBC, uh, the SBC. So it was really, uh, really, really great cigar. So it's, it's, I'm excited to hear that you got plans on making that more readily available. Like you said, um, oh, hopefully I can up, up production. You never know with Nico Sueño, like, you know, like again, right. It's like, who knows? Well, we see the pictures of skip expanding it uh, more and more. So hopefully that yeah. means that your, your slate becomes a little bit bigger. Um, Raw materials warehouse. Oh so I, I'm I'm curious though if if Eric has actually admitted to you that Bang Ren was the inspiration for one of 2022's hottest cigars. You know he oh. he helped you produce this cigar. He looked yeah. down at the label and he's like, you know what, this guy remind this this image reminds me of my good friend Guy Fieri. I should give him a call <laughs> and see if he wants to collab on a cigar. And Bing Bang Boom, here we are, knuckle sandwich. Yeah. So, I mean, you're welcome guy for, you know, setting you up in the position that you are financially. Um, there you go. I'm, I'm always here for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that, that cigar is definitely, I was really impressed with it. I like both of those blends, you know, the Habano and the Broadleaf. I thought that they were fantastic. Um, and, you know, when you have a character behind the, the, the product that helps as, as we all know, you know, um, your Sokka's, your Knicks, you know, your Dion's, like all those guys, you know, they're characters. They, they, they help sell their cigar. And then when you got a guy that's, I mean, I knew of Guy Fieri, like I've never really watched Dine-ins, what's it called? Drive-ins and Dine-ins or something? Diners, Drive-ins and Dives. That's it. Okay. Uh, you know, um, like it's always, like it's always, I know that it's always existed, but um, I've never really watched it. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool to meet him, you know, but my sister-in-law lives with me. And I told him, I was like, oh, I'm going to meet Guy Pierre down at the Smoke Inn, uh, the Great Smoke. And she went crazy. I was like, I had no idea that it was this big yeah, of a deal, you know? I, I mean, I'm not like, I I would definitely say that I'm a huge fan of his. I'm not right. like, um, like, I didn't make sure that I was there at really early. I didn't get to meet him at Smoke Inn, so uh, at the Great Smoke. So um I was, I mean, it would have been nice, but I, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't depressed over it or anything like that. Right. But, uh, but I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. So like when I saw that he was doing this Derek and everything, I was like, I got really excited. I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. This is exactly what the industry needs. I mean, of course. Cause, uh, I mean, cause like whether or not you ever watched the show in your case or not, like he's people know him. Yeah, everybody knows. Like, like, I knew who oh, he, I knew who he was. Yeah, know? exactly. I, yeah, I mean that's 
That's a huge deal. And he's out and I loved it on the NBA all-star weekend, dude. He's just sitting there hawking a cigar without saying anything, just sitting with the unlit cigar. It's perfect. Right. I was like, Oh, this is great. That's amazing. So great yeah. for the industry. Yeah. Well, so, we need, we definitely need that, right? You need the industry to not, not be so demonized. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Just make it more, um, make it more normal for what it is. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I've tried to explain to some of my non-smoking you know, friends or something like that. It's just like, I'm like, do you, I mean, the, like the, the person that, that our industry caters to the regular smoker isn't you or I, right. You know, um, or most of the people that we even associate with socially, it's, I mean, the, the average person that comes into your store that you would consider a, the, the, the average bread and butter is the guy who comes in once a week maybe once every two weeks. That's, that's, that's the majority of the industry. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And forgive me for saying this, like he's not coming into cigar hustler. He's buying offline. He's buying the same cigar that he's bought for 20 years. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those people do exist. Um, You know, I think that the retail game, which is going to kind of parlay into, to like uh, your, our future conversation here is like, I think that you really have three major consumers when it comes to retail, you have uh, your infused cigar smoker, you have your premium cigar smoker, and then you have your bundle cigar smoker. And you really need to have all three of those to kind of capitalize on a successful business. There's no way that you can just have premium. Well, you know, at least in my story, I wouldn't be able to survive solely on premium cigars. Right. I wouldn't be able to solely survive on bundle cigars and I wouldn't solely be able to survive on infused cigars, but having all three of them together definitely makes a consistent sale every day, you know? Well, this is the perfect segue. We'll leave behind the, the subject of collaborations for a second, uh, just because this is the perfect segue for, it. I mean, so what happens to, I mean, with the, the proposal on this flavor ban, I mean, that cuts out in, in the model that you've created, yeah. That cuts off a third of your business. Yeah. I think or, that that's the real, the real model that re- exists for your average retail store. You know, um, you can't tell me that, I mean, you go into 50 retail stores and you can't tell me that you can't find bundles there. You can't find infused cigars there. And you can't find premium cigars. there, Right. Mm-hmm. Those things are three major components. You know, um, it may not be an elaborate setup of infused cigars, but your blondies will be there, right? right? Your Cuba Cubas will be there. You know, that may be it, but those two things will exist. You know, um, I think and that all the stuff like to, you know, the Bahama mamas, the, you know, Havana honeys, the Tatiana's like they're like, yeah. they're all mixed in there too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have like these very, uh, these rum jars and we have like these jars that we sell little cigars that are uh, rum, vanilla and chocolate. Right. And you have consistent guys that come in, every week and they buy a handful of, of them. And that's like, that's what they want to smoke there. You're never going to get them off of that cigar. Like that's what they want. They need that. They like the sweetness of it. They like the flavor profile of it. Uh, and that's it. So if I have to take that from them, they're not converting over to premium cigars. They're not converting over to bundle cigars. They're gone. You know, they're not coming back. They start eating more food. They get fat. They have a heart attack. They you know, um, so okay. it, it would not go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so let's have an, let's have an, cause you, you always have been honest with me. 
but let's have an honest so let's have an honest moment with you okay do you think the average cigar retailer is willing to admit what you just admit admitted that that flavor and few cigars play that vital a role in their business i don't think anybody is willing to admit the amount of stuff that i'm willing to, to admit you know i, I to be <laughs> honest you know i i think that uh, your average retailer a lot of these people a lot of retailers are um, way more reserved, you know, ma the majority of them are retired guys that want, had it built a toy to just, you know, to get out of the house and just kind of hang out and, you know, cause they've been married for 50 years and they just don't want to see her every day. There's no more kids or whatever, you know? Um, so I don't <laughs> think that those people would admit that ever, you know, uh, the guys that are really kind of in the trenches trying to do it for a, a, a good living, um, I don't think that they, I don't think that a lot of them would say it either. I don't think a lot of them would say it either because again, I think your ego kind of gets in the way a little bit, you know, you well, don't want to, their ego is going to lose know. a third of their business then. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, I know that there are stores, there are some retail stores that will go, go sideways. If you, they'll sell you the cigar, they'll sell you the infused cigar. You can't smoke it in their store. They won't let you. You know, like absolutely not. Now, don't get granted, you know, our store, we're fortunate enough to where a lot of those infused smokers, uh, they leave and, you know, they'll they'll go, they smoke at home or whatever the case may be. But some of them will hang out every once in a while and some of them will smoke that cigar. I'm not going to look at them and say, bro, you can't, you know, no, it smells like perfume in here or whatever the case may be. It'll fade, it'll go away. And, you know, then it'll smell like stale tobacco a matter of time. So, um there's so, only yeah, one cigar. There's only one cigar that just I can't be around. I just there's only one. I'm not I'm not gonna say it out loud, but oh, like, it, come on, extraordinary know, Larry. Let's go. I know, come I on, know, man. I, no, it's not, it's Why not extraordinary Larry. It? It's not here, extraordinary me, Larry. Let, here, okay, let me break the ice for you on let's call calling some people out. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh I am a listen, I am a huge fan. I absolutely love the Zycar scissors, right? It's the sure. only way that I cut my cigar. I carry it all the time, everywhere I go. Like it's, it's for me, it's easy. It's cool. I enjoy it for whatever reason. I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, but I have burned through like four pairs of scissors in the past month. I mean, look at this. This is a brand new pair. They fell apart. Jeez. What are they? What, what's going on? Like, seriously, I mean, fix it. Because I want to say that I love your product and I want to keep using it right now. Like, thank God that I'm the retard that has another pair on me. Because if not, this whole conversation would, I would be complete, a uh, complete mess. I'd be very angry, <laughs> you know? Okay. All so, right, Mike. All right. I'll give, all right. I'll humor you and I'll humor the audience. Yes. Okay. So, so here it is. All right. So it does, it does come with a caveat. First of all, I've never told anyone that they can't smoke. First of all, it's not my store to say that, that when I was working okay. retail. So I, couldn't do that, even if I really wanted them to. Um, second of all, uh, even if I did own a retail store, um, I wouldn't tell them that they couldn't smoke it there. Okay. I would just excuse myself like I would do <laughs> when I was working yeah, retail yeah, yeah. to I'm the a, humidor and find yes. find all this restocking that I would have yes. to do. Um, I need to move it, all of these cigars to this side. Yes. It's it's an incredibly popular cigar, and it's real. It's incredibly well-loved. and Okay. But oh, for whatever whatever reason, it permeates my senses in the worst way. Um, okay. It burns my eyes. the The smell is off putting. It gets in my gut. I just, I just, I this this person was not meant to handle 
that creation. That's that's, right. that's all I got to say. It's the Tatiana Groovy Blue. There it is. Tatiana Groovy Blue. I, I, I just I just can't I just can't handle it. And, and I'm gonna tell you right now, it's one of our best sellers, man. We sell it, it's it's one, it was one of ours. It was one of ours. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, it's. <laughs> and so, like, how there can you? you go. How can you? How can you? How can you say that to? To a person, yeah, to a like, patron, like oh, you can't. Hey, don't like that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for buying that, and you know, uh, you take that outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will. T- I'll tell you my my favorite groovy blue story. Okay, so I was I was leaning over the counter, uh, talking to one of my colleagues uh, about something, and it was it was a it was a it was like a Monday or Tuesday night, so it was like really quiet. Like there weren't very many people in the store. Uh, it was one of the, and it's in, during one of the quieter times of the year too, um, and and then I started smelling the unquestionable scent of, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, who's smoking that? Where's that coming from? Yeah, where's it coming? Like, where's it coming from? Wasn't like hugely angry. I was like, I just got to get away from it. Right. Like for me, and I was like, okay, who's smoking that? And and there was a couple people up front where I was where I was at in in the in, and I was like, no one was there. And so I went to the back. There's nobody in the back. I'm like, what the? F-? I'm going crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm right. absolutely going. I'm absolutely going berserk and nuts. Um, turns out when I was leaning over and talking to my colleague, I ashed into the ashtray. Had an wow. amber on it. Someone had clipped their groovy blue into our employee ashtray, which isn't a big deal. Right. But it lit the cap. The amber hit the cap. And that's what everyone in the room could smell. Not just me because I was standing near it, but everyone else was like, yeah, who's right? Who's smoking? Who's smoking the groovy blue? It was, it was unbelievable. It, it was that is your tonight. So now I know what to bring to the media house. Yes. Unbanded. Thank you. Please, please don't like you. Oh. You need to try this. Please don't. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> please. Oh man. Uh, but, but yeah. And, and it's not no other Tatiana products. In all honesty, like I'm being hundred yeah. percent honest. Like, all they and, their own, right? Yeah. You know, like you have the right to not like something. Well, I mean, it's, that's not the only like I guess funky or outlandish one that they have. They have several, right. several variants of stuff. Um, and but that's the one. That's the one. It's crazy. Just absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. So, um, so thank you, Mike. I'll never be able to get Jason or you know Nestor or anybody else from that company over. <laughs> So I don't good. think that's the case. They'll be all right. They're, they're going to be yeah. okay. Yeah, they'll they'll laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> so that's it's not it. going to be yeah. a problem. They're, they're uh, not concerned. Yeah. Um, so, um, but uh, but I mean, the, the, I mean, the flavor band is 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 it's got to be pretty concerning for, I mean, pretty concerning sure. for you from a business point of view. Of course, you know. I mean, anytime that there's overregulation of an industry, it should be of a concern, especially a person that's making money in that industry. Um, you know, the scary part is that, I, sadly, I've been in this industry for 13 years. I don't know where the time went, but I have. And uh, there's always something looming, man. There's always something looming, you know. Mm. And you can't live your life in total fear of it yes hopefully you know uh pca and you know organizations the cra will, will help fight these things i don't know if they are if they aren't you know it's i think that they're trying to become more transparent as to what they're doing um and hopefully there's some i don't know there's some hope there but you know who knows 
who knows? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a big concern. Cause I mean, I mean, just from, it's just one more, you know, one more thing that they're whittling away. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know, um, it's funny to hear some of that stuff come from uh, McTavish, you know, like the guy who's living the Canadian dream of super high regulation. And like, you know, when he starts talking and rattling off about some of those things, like, here's what they're going to do next. And it's like, don't yeah. say all that. This is, you know, like it's all of that's that believable, you know? Well, it is. Um, I mean, they're chipping it away. I mean, it went from 18 to 21. Now they're right. going to chip away overnight. Flames. Now, yeah. In the, fi- yeah. in the fiscal budget or whatever, you know, I'm like, Wait, but there used to be a thing. We had like the house and the Senate. Like, wh- yeah, how- laws got, but you know, checks, Wait. balances, something. I don't know. But hey, but hey, nobody cares because that's you know, two percent of the population smokes cigars, and you know, it's not us. So why are we concerned about right. it? You know, right? Yeah, it, that that's that that whole process was so unbelievable to me. Yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. Just absolutely, absolutely insane. You know, um, our governor fought it for a minute and then he kind of gave in. Like, okay, it's fine. Like, damn, you know, like that was fast. <laughs> yeah, you know, just crazy. Yep. And it, it was the 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 funny thing to me is I, I had this discussion with some retailers, uh, one in particular who just didn't seem very phased by it. I was like, it's okay. Just you just want to hand over. Let's just call it. Let's call it two percent of your business. Right. You know, how many, you know, how many smokers do you have from 18 to, cause it's not many, right. It's People not coming to, but you just like, you're okay with just handing over 2% like, well, it's no big deal. It's 2%. Yeah. I mean, like, I, how about the, I mean, I had a 19 year old worker at the time, love cigars. Yeah. <laughs> hey, clock in, no smoking. Well, I didn't fire him. He got to continue to work. I mean, he eventually quit or fired or something, you know, but I, I wasn't going to shit can him because of it. You know, like we can't smoke. Yeah. You know, and he's like, okay. So I even had him on the podcast about him. Like, how does that, how does that make you feel? He's like, it's terrible. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I had to, I had to turn a, I had to turn a kid away. Um, and not a kid. He was, a, he's an adult. He's 20. Right. I had known Sorry, him. Dude. I had, I had known him as a customer since he was 18. Uh, built a friendship with him. Knew how old he was. Cause we had talked about it just because. He had talked about how he was going to celebrate his 21st birthday. You know, it was coming up in like 18 months or whatever and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, I had to, he came in and I'm like, dude, you, you can't be here anymore. Yep. It's just, just nuts. Just nuts. It was crazy. But, so, hey, but hey, you know, go run over to your uh, army recruiting office and uh, we'll give you the rifle. And, uh, we'll get on yeah, exactly. Right. Um, go defend your country. Go take bullets. It's fine. That's it. Yeah. Like, don't, Operation don't, Shield. Don't, don't don't light that up. That's just wrong. Don't smoke when you're over there. Yeah. Don't drink either. No. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but speaking about the greatness of our country, that'll lead us into our fun segment of the night, which is of course is always brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring United Cigars is featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Adipe and Byron line. So smoke one today and start living United. Yes, this is our newly formed presidential trivia um, segment brought to you by United Cigars. So. Uh, Mike, I was telling you a little bit about this before the show. Yes. This is something new we've been doing. And uh, it's just an interesting way to kind of 
I, I find it a great way to humanize the people that have, um, you know, the, you know, over 45 people who have, you know, led our country over, you know, the last yes. 250 years. So I think it's, I think it's incredibly fun to kind of look at it in a context. Plus I, I absolutely love presidential trivia. We have a variation of this on our uh, Scar Coop primetime special edition where Coop's trying to stump me. He hasn't, he hasn't yet. I'm three and oh, um, so, um, but this was, this was kind of funny. I, I, I must confess I had to, um, I had to verify this, but I had heard a story once that this particular president was kind of obsessed with a certain, uh, a certain meal um, and specifically a certain dish for that meal. So without further ado, this is going to be multiple choice here, Mike. So okay. which U.S. president rarely deviated from his usual cereal for breakfast? Now, oh, I, so nicely I'll, done. Yes. So, yes. So, but now I must confess that he actually did this in season. So in the winter, he would eat hot cereal. So most likely oatmeal or, you know, right. cream of wheat or something like that. But he did partake in um, what we, what we traditional know is cold cereal, you, you know, your Wheaties, your brand, et cetera, back then. Um, right. So here's the, here are the choices. Fruity Pebbles um, are off the table. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, here are the choices for the president, right? Okay. So is it a Richard Nixon? Who loves cereal? Mm-hmm. B. John F. Kennedy, or mm-hmm. C. Harry Truman? Ooh. I just want you to know I'm probably going to strike out on all of these, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Harry Truman on this. You have got it correct. That is correct, Harry Truman. Woo! I figured if it was Kennedy, it would be Frosted Flakes or something. The whole <laughs> yeah, so it's. He he actually he loves cereal, loves cereal. Really? Yeah, he loves cereal. Now um, I do know this. He was also it was really it's really kind of funny because I actually this is something I did know about about him. He was also one of those like really big clean freaks. So he um, he actually had the um, so I guess there's another way to say this. The servants of the White House would clean up after him after a meal, uh, right? Um, uh, whether he was eating alone or in large things. So like they had like these little brooms that they would sweep up these little like du- mini dustpans that they would get all the crumbs. Mm-hmm. So it was basically the, the, the tablecloth was just as immaculate as when he started like that, like ah, really nuts. There about were that no kind of presidential stuff. leftovers. There was no presidential leftovers. So no. um, the tablecloth was not stained. Right. <laughs> um, which leads me to my other point this is that that you did not you did not do this on purpose um a bill clinton bill Cl- <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh bill clinton is actually one um is actually the only u.s president to ever have a sitting breakfast on television really so uh yes yeah, so what i meant what I, what I mean by that is in in 1992 he he had breakfast with Charlie Gibson on ABC for like their morning show. That's so, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> look, you didn't even know that was coming. So great segue. That was beautiful. Was it A uh, an omelet? B <laughs> have a, did he have a box of cigars laying around? Right. Uh, so I, I don't know what they had. I can't uh, I didn't really get that too far into it. I just I remember him um something about him eating on and i i figured it out when i was doing research for this particular question and stuff like that i i think fi- i had heard it was truman 
but I wanted to verify because I didn't want to just like stick the question on there and then obviously be wrong. So I just wanted right. to make sure that, that was that that was correct and everything. But here, there's this really cool photo of. Um, here, I'll pull it up here. There's this really cool life, you know, Life magazine back when you know that actually existed. A uh, photo of a cover What's of a magazine. Uh, right. Yeah, that too. But this is a pretty cool shot. Uh, this is when uh, um, Richard Nixon was vice president. Um, but I'll go ahead and show this. It was the cover of the magazine that week. Just a really cool shot. So oh, look at that. Yeah, and he had had cereal that morning for breakfast, and I guess he's reading or making notes for a speech or something like that. And yeah, great pick. Great pick. Like that. Yeah, I love the reminder in the mirror, though. Uh, considering who, cons- considering who we're talking about, it's pretty. It's pretty important. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. <laughs> smiling. Positive affirmation as you're brushing your teeth. Joke. Start the day. <laughs> I, I know we've had this conversation several times, Mike, but like, I mean, I know you, ser- the cereal thing is, is, is part of your workout regimen. Um, yeah. But what your hot cereal is, is one of your go-tos for the morning, right? Like slow burning carbs and stuff. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, things kind of, everything always changes. Right. So um, <clears throat> it's actually, it's, it's oatmeal that I would have, but it's overnight. So it's actually not hot. Um, but I, it is definitely something that I would have in the morning to kind of fuel up for, you know, two and a half hours of me beating the hell out of myself. Um, right now I'm, I'm doing like, I'm trying to dumb it down a little bit, but it's harder. And I'll do like, uh, I'll try and do bananas and like some grapes or whatever, just a little less calories, a little, you know, more sugar, not as complex, but normally what happens is about an hour into the workout, I'm starving, you know? So, um, trying to navigate all that, you know, like trying to drop body fat can, can keep up with your, your muscle mass. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting science, you know, and it's a constant battle in my life, I guess, but I'd have it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Are you trying to lean down? Yeah. Trying to drop a little bit, trying to drop a couple of LBs here and there, but, um, you know, I really like food, so it's not the easiest thing on the planet, you know, right. um, and I definitely have my days where uh, I'll eat whatever the hell I want. So, um, but yeah, you know, little by little, um, I've kind of been forced into a situation where I can't really, I'm not supposed to be lifting uh, extremely heavy things. So, um, you know, without going too much into detail on that, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And, you know, uh, I'm figuring it out one step at a time. There, there are plenty of ways to kind of uh, create the stimulus and stress out your muscles without going absolutely insane. So, okay. Well, mm-hmm. hope whatever that is, is gets taken care of. You start, you know, yeah. One day at you, a time, if, man. If you, if you want to start lifting heavy, you can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, um, that was our presidential trivia uh, for this week. That um, was it. Just the one question. So I, one I'm hundred percent. I thought yeah, I was like, Oh, yeah. cool. I got the first one. I don't care if I blow the next two, like this will be fine. <laughs> so boom. Okay. Look at that. Exceeding expectations. It? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll say this before we, we kind of close it out though. Like, you know, um, 
I'm going to start asking this question just because I'm interested because I don't think anyone's nearly as other than Miguel Chaudel, uh, who I've become <laughs> friends with over the year. Where I, I think we're the, the only two people that they just nerd out on U.S. presidencies as much as we do. Do you have a favorite president in history? Ooh. Um, I mean, no, not off the top of my head. You know, I think that a couple of them seem pretty dope. Uh, Lincoln guy was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, when he, when he kind of learned some of the backstories about him and like, um, I heard a story about a duel where he wanted to go into a ditch and, you know, all types of things. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, you know, I would say that guy or, you know, um, Kennedy was pretty dope. He was a cigar guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple of, there's a couple of good eggs in that batch, you know, yeah. but no, it's, you know, I wouldn't say that I have like, this was my dude, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, who you, who, who you got? Oh, Lincoln's my guy. It's Lincoln yeah. and Teddy. Okay, so Lincoln, Lincoln and Teddy, Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. They're my two favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, speaks awfully, carry a big stick. You yeah. Know? yeah. Get shot it's in a good. chest and give a four hour speech. It's totally, that's totally my bag, you know? Yeah. That's pretty Someone could badass. come in and, Someone could come in here and pop one off. I'd still finish the show with you. Right. So, like, I mean, we have 20 more minutes left, you know, and we haven't covered FDA regulation. <laughs> you know? Exactly. 100%. I, we, yeah. I, so, I mean, I couldn't do it as well as Teddy. Yeah, I couldn't last like three or four hours, but I, I could at least, I, I'd be a good for a little 60 minutes, man. I could do that. I could roll with that with right. the bullet in me. Yeah. <laughs> and in, and this day and age, that's like four hours. So, you know, you get to exactly. Go. Exactly. So that was our presidential trivia always brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Out of Bay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living United. Mike, I've really enjoyed this conversation so far tonight. We've bounced all over the place. So let's go back to something we were talking about. This was, yeah. This, I mean, because this is pretty exciting. Um, you know, Bang Ring was this, just the beginning. Um, and yes. I think, I, I think for, I think for your fans in particular, it, it really showcased um, it really showcased obviously a different side of you. Mm-hmm. It really showcased uh, an ability to um, to make something, uh, you know, very different. Um, and, you know, it it what I found what I liked about Bangaran so much was it was not an Ikaswenia cigar. It was not. Right. But it wasn't a San Latano slash Espinosa cigar. It was right. really, really something very, very distinct and very unique that was just a really, really just stellar blend. It was good. It was great smoking, great size. I love the size. It's fantastic. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's definitely a size that I always gravitate towards, you know. Um, like, you, it, it's important to, to play to, to a, a factory or an organization's strong suits. And I'm a big believer in that. So if you figure out um, what they're doing well and you think that, hey, if I can put my own spin on it and kind of make some adjustments, I think that you can make a fantastic cigar. And, you know, um, that's the first step towards um, being successful in this industry. You know, the next step is, and I just recently talked about this, is kind of giving the cigar a soul, you know, Mm -hmm. and it having a purpose and a meaning behind what it is, you know. It isn't just some dude with, with three mohawks and a skull on the band, you know. Yeah, that's all cool and stuff. But there's purpose behind it. There's there's thought behind it as to why I created it, you know. Um, a cigar that I did not give enough attention that I actually completely forgot about when I was kind of talking about all of these cigars is the BDP. 
you know, um, my, my, one of my best friends, Mike Palmer is my partner in the podcast. You know, we made that cigar together to kind of honor him and, I, and the abbreviation is Big Dick Palmer, but it's not, Hey, you know, there's actually a story behind it. You know, um, we were, it's myself, Michael Rosales and Palmer were all down at CI in Tampa and we were just hanging out on the patio, just kind of shooting shit. You know, uh, we checked into a couple of accounts or whatever. And this guy out of no, like, I don't even know where he came from. Um, I'm getting those texts. Um, I, can you hear those texts at all or no? No. Okay. Uh, this guy comes out of nowhere and he's like, Mike? Well, we're all named Mike. Mike Palmer? <laughs> and Mike's like, yeah, hey, how are you? He's like, oh, so, my name is so-and-so. I love the Florida Cigar Club. I'm a huge fan. You know, it's great to finally meet you. And, you know, Palmer's eating it up. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know these are my, and he, you know, he's polite. He goes, this is my friend, Mike Rosales, Roma Craft. And, uh, you know, this is my, my other friend, Mike Cigar House. He's like, oh, hey, nice to meet you guys. So anyways, Mike, you know, like this guy just completely goes nuts. Palmer. <laughs> so, so Rosales looks at me and he goes, did Mike just big dick us? And I go, yeah, I think Mike just big dick the hell out of both of us. You know, so that was, that's kind of like the running nickname that he has, is, you know, we call him BDP. So when it came time to make a cigar, um, I was like, dude, you got, we have to call it BDP. There's just no way, you know, you can't call it the FCC cigar or, you know, or the Palmer or some shit. It's gotta have, it's gotta have that soul. It's gotta have that purpose. So, um, that's why I got that name, you know? And I think that cigars have to have that being, you know, if not, you're just making another, uh, lion or king or, you know, boss whatever you know the things that you've seen a hundred a hundred times over and over again reserve you know? something you know <laughs> right, right reserve yada yada yeah exactly so i so i'm really i'm i'm tremendously glad that you gave this backstory because for the longest time i you know i'm an avid listener of, of the show never heard the story missed that i guess yeah. i missed that episode missed that story um and I was I was convinced that Palmer had given himself this nickname, which <clears throat> I'm a huge like I don't care like he can call himself whatever he wants, but right. um, I'm but I'm also like I have this like weird pet peeve about giving yourself a nickname, like yeah. you can't give yourself like it has to happen like like you just described that has to Naturally. that has to be a, there right. has to be a genesis for it, or else it just it you know you just you just can't do it you can't give yourself a nickname. Yeah, and when, um, well, of course, now when we gave it to him, he took it and ran with it. I mean, you know, without question, there, that's why you let do. that one go. Yeah, He's like absolutely, absolutely, I'm Big Dick Palmer. Why not? Yeah, right. Exactly. Why wouldn't he? I'm a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this, this, so this cigar. Um, so you partner up with a different, you partner up with a different factory to to take care of this one. Yep. Um And I b- believe. Uh, Cordoba and Morales is manufacturing yeah. this one Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and I know you have a great relationship going back to them with the whole Carol Baskin and everything, but you've been, been a great, you know, had a great relationship with them for years and everything. Um, all right. So I have to, <laughs> I have to ask about this because I just, I've, I, I, I know you're fucking with us, but it's just hilarious. So the, uh, am I? The makings of the scar is listed as a hyper Borean sun grown Toro rabbit. Yes. The filler yeah. and binders are from the island of Nauru, 
Yes. Which is an island off the South Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Very small farm there. Very small. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> is, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Hyperborean. So like, you know, and that's what the other cool thing is like, you know, like I have, I, in, in Postania land, I have broken down things. Like I have explained things and, you know, um, and that, and, and that has its own purpose and its own being, you know? And then like, on the other hand, like, so I have this core line, serious product, meaning purpose or whatever. And then I have this other side and just cigars that have meaning and purpose to me, but I'm just going to have fun with it. You know, I'm just going to go wide open and kind of tear it apart because, you know, if you look at a lot of these, you know, but if you look yeah. at a lot of the, the, the shit that some of these people sh- fucking dole out to us, it's just absolutely horrendous. You know, age 20 years. I'm like, oh, my God, age 20 years. Like, really? Like, it didn't decay at all? Nothing, huh? That's, that's fucking amazing. It's so fascinating, you know? I mean, like, it didn't become mush at any point in time or, you know, there's all types of, of, of uh, you know, fuckery about so i just kind of took that and you know like and just completely ran with it i you know saying undisclosed at this point it's now it's very common everything undisclosed right. undisclosed undisclosed and i'm like well shit that's not now that's not fun you know you guys are all saying it um so i gotta think up things you know so i like to make up i like to you know i like to to, to hone in on the hyperboreans and uh <laughs> I've, you know, we, we said all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, um, just because it's fun. It's fun. You know, there are times where I'm not going to tell you, you know, anymore. I don't want to tell you. you. And it's fun because it makes conversation for a lot of guys. They're like, okay, so tell me, is it Brazilian Matafina? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it? No, no it's, hyper, it's, right. hyper, like, it's hyperborean. Right. right. I told you what it was. <laughs> I mean, you know, and even if somebody were to guess it and like, is this San Andreas? I'm like, no. And if they had it, I'm not going to tell them anyway. I'm not going to tell you. That's the truth. I'm never, you're never going to know because it's fun for me and I enjoy it. And there are sometimes there are little cryptic things on the cigar bands and there's, there's little Easter eggs for me that I'll, I will never reveal what they are, you know, um, but there's more meaning in the band. There's more, there's, you know, there's more things. It's just, it's like Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Like, let's have some fun with this. Like, let's mix some of this up. So yeah, it's not really. Sadly, it's not really hyperborean, and uh, the, you know, Nauru. Um, tobacco it, from yeah. the island of Nauru. Um, yeah, you know. So I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a tobacco nerd. So that's like literally the first thing I went to look at when you were like, really oh my god, someone's growing this. So I was I like, I was like, I looked and I was like, there. what's? It? Oh no, I was like, well, what's the blend he's working with? And I was like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, I. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, at least I assumed I knew what you were doing with this, like basically what your right. explanation is just kind of poking fun and yeah. having fun with it a little bit. But did anyone like legitimately get pissed at you? You don't have to name names. I'm not asking you to. I think at like, this I just point, w- I, I don't think Charlie is my number one fan anymore. I mean, his last <laughs> one was like, I think the headliner was, if you were came in here looking for information about the cigar, prepare to be disappointed or something like that. So, Oh, um, he wrote know. that? I thought you yeah. did. No, oh, no, that's I, fu- shared, oh. I shared that. Yeah, 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 I thought yeah. that was a. I thought that was. I thought that was a quote from you. 
Because no, I was like, oh, that's I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, that was Charlie. You know? Oh, my God. Uh, that's hilarious. You know, like getting into like a more in-depth um, comment about all this, you know, I think that a lot of guys, uh, you have like this preconceived notion of what flavor profiles when you hear Havana or, um, sure. or you know, it's like, oh, it's San Andreas. It's going to taste like a real San Andreas or whatever the case may be. So, you know, removing that from the equation in, in, in these smaller limited edition blends uh, creates kind of like this, you know, well, what the hell is it? You know, like, damn, this tastes really good. What the hell is, you know, and I like, yeah. I like having that, you know, because um, I know the cigar that I made is going to be really good. Right. And I don't, you know, and if you hated Habano and then you try that cigar, you may hate it just because psychologically you think you're going to hate it. But if you don't know that it's Habano and you really like the cigar, you're like, you know, you just don't, you really don't know what you, what you're going to like. So it's fun, you know? It's fun. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, before, before, before the VDP. So don't book your trip to Nauru. Yes. Don't go. Looking for, don't, don't, don't do it. Cigar. There's like already a bunch of cigar nerds just like traipsing around through the jungles of Nauru. Just like right. for this one it's farm. around here somewhere. It's got to yeah. be here. It's from an Amazonian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> so a uh, couple other collaborations you've done, both with uh, both with your good friend, Matt Booth, who I, yes. I was really excited about. Um, but be- before we get to these collabs, you know, everyone was asking the question, Mike, and I'm, you know, I'm, this will actually play later. I just, just we'll leave it at just the simple question uh, okay. for now. We can explore it later. But are you happy for him that he sold his business? Booth? Yeah, yeah, man, hundred percent. You know, um, at the end of the day, look, everybody's got a price. Check's big enough, and it comes with, uh, you know, and it comes with uh, benefits. You know, I think that that's fantastic. You know, I, I think that it doesn't change a lot for him. I think that, you know, uh, people think that it will, but it won't, you know, he's still working with uh, a lot of the factories that he's worked with and it really has uh, alleviated a lot of stress as a small business owner, you know, um, it's kind of remarkable to see like the shift with people like, you know, Ricky Rodriguez the CAO and now he's kind of going out and doing his own thing. And like, he's never had that experience. And I'm sure that he's going to be like, damn, this is a lot, you know, um, Cause there's a lot of things to consider as a business, you know, or maybe who knows, maybe he's like, Oh, I got this under control, but I'm sure that, you know, when you run a business, there's always surprises, man. You don't see, there are a lot of things that you don't see coming, you know, and if you have a financial backing that takes care of that, you know, and things go awry and it, it can be handled, it, it's not financially devastating to you. To you. So uh, of course I'm happy for Matt. I think that it's going to be, I think that, you know, He's going to do very well there. I think that his brand is going to is going to uh, continue forward, and he's going to continue to build. You know, so awesome. So I mean, and that's so that that's who your second and third collaborations were with was with Matt. Yeah. So the first one was Who Shot You? Yeah. Uh, which is a a really nice looking uh I, I we'll call it a torpedo mm-hmm. or Figurado torpedo Bullet. right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so this was uh. So the with Booth and everything, I know he works with a lot of different factories, like you said. Uh, was this again? I mean, was this with uh, Ventura or was this with AJ again, or was this another factory that he works with? 
So I kind of revealed who I was working with with Bangarang, and then like as I progressed forward, I just stopped telling, giving out any information whatsoever. So I, I didn't, I didn't really say. I mean, it isn't that hard to figure out. There are ways to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I stopped giving out that information. Um, but uh, it's a factory that you know he doesn't necessarily work with a lot. I will say that, um, but they're reliable when it comes to quality tobacco and uh, and manufacturing. So. Um, Hence the rapper being experienced but not youthful. Correct, experienced but not youthful. <laughs> the fillers are robust know? yet still lucid. Yes, and the binder is uh, with some River Valley shade grown. Uh, uh, yes, I don't even remember. Yeah, no, tell me. Yeah, <laughs> let me look. It's a up. big deal though. It's very rare. Let Letvarian. Yes. Oh, Letvarian yes. River Valley. Uh, yeah, we actually needed <laughs> approval from Doctor Doom in order to take the tobacco out of the, that country. Um, somebody actually wrote on half of Latveria, like Doctor Doom, and I wrote yes, 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 exactly. Uh, that is exactly where it came from. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and and that was like deep enough to where like you had to be some type of comic nerd or you know to to know what that was. Or, um, you know, when you Googled it, all of a sudden you saw a, a face of a guy in a green hood and iron, iron face. And like, wait a second, you know, this doesn't even, you know, if I'd have said Krypton, you'd have known, you know, but uh, Latveria is very unknown. So, you know, no one messes with that country. So. so, so the, I mean, was there, was there a story behind this, the Hushacho? Yeah. Yeah. There's a story behind all of it, you know, and, um, because then the, the bang the bangarang one is you know is, is obvious. I don't know if you want me to say it out loud or anything, but you no, know. you can say it. I don't care. I mean, um, but I'll I'll even elaborate on it for you. Go ahead. Well, no, I, the bangarang obviously is, is is a reference to the movie Hook and the character Rufio. Yeah, uh, man. Which I I immediately got when you handed it to me. I saw it. I was like, wait, wait, oh my god. Yeah. You know, because I only um, could read part of the bangarang, right? Where you just handed it to me, right. but I saw the caricature first, and I was like, "That looks a lot like." Holy shit! That was awesome. Yeah, it was kind it was of awesome. a nod to him. You know, um, for me growing up, that was one of my favorite movies, man. I really loved that movie, and I just kind of gravitated towards that character. You know, he was like this badass. Um, oh, you know, absolutely. He ran. He ran things, but you know, at the end of the day, he just really wanted. He wished that he had a father that loved him, like you know, somebody like Peter Pan. You know, um, and I was like, man, you know, when that growing up, that story hit me. I'm like, damn, yeah, you know. Um, so you know, I I believe that for whatever reason, you know, the universe will tell you what to make, you know, or, or what what kind of pops in your head, you know, whether it reaches you in dreams or there's uh, some type of uh, signal that you come across in life. And like, you know, something had struck me where it brought me back to that. And I was like, okay, that's, I want to make that, you know, um, Hushacha is obviously, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Biggie fan. I, you know, I like a lot of old, I guess old now nineties hip hop rap music stuff. And um, that was kind of more based on who I've become as a retailer and, and, and uh, uh, brand owner, right. And a distributor. You know, I, I have definitely acquired some enemies in this industry and um, I feel like they have done a lot of things to me to slow me down in, in various ways, but I've definitely got them back. 
And I think that they didn't see it coming. So there's the statement, you know, it's like, you didn't know what was up, bro. So eat it. Um, you didn't, you didn't see it coming. You thought that it wasn't going to be practical, that I wasn't capable, but here I am. So, um, you know, that making that cigar was a no brainer. Um, <laughs> you know, and again, same scenario it has a soul, has a meaning, has a purpose. And it's a great cigar, you know? We're going to get into the second collab here in a second because I actually have some thoughts yeah. on it. But okay, you, you mentioned you mentioned that you've made enemies in this industry. Yeah, which, oh, yeah. I find I, I find really interesting, Mike, because you know I've I've had the I've had the pleasure and opportunity to get you get to know you a little bit more over the last few years and stuff, and um. And I mean, let's just call it what it is. You have a very distinct style. You have a very distinct personality. Um, you're an incredibly sharp businessman. Um, and, but one of the things, and we were talking about this earlier, but one of the things that I very much, very much picked up on very early in my getting to know you, and it's since carried on. So I know it's not like one of those first impressions that turns out to be bullshit. It's actually, it's actually true from everything is you're, is you're, you're, you're fiercely loyal. Yeah. To a fault sometimes. Yeah. So is it that loyalty that's created these enemies? Cause I can't imagine where someone would want to bring about your demise. If we're going to just bring the comic book thing back into it. Right. Right. Over someone who could ultimately be an incredible asset. If they just took the time to get to know you, or at least maybe talk to someone who did know you i think sometimes you know um sometimes loyalty can can result in uh acquiring new enemies um you know but uh, i'm a firm believer in you know my friends enemies are my enemies anyways you know and it, it it doesn't bother me at all where you know and there have been times where i'll go out of my way uh to not support or build or or you know um uh, do good for a brand that I think has burned my friends in the past. I'm like, I ain't doing it, dude. I don't care if it would financially benefit me or not. You know, like I'm out, you know, and it's not that my, my friends or, or people I care about have asked me to do those things. Cause I don't think they ever would, but you know what? They'll never have to. I, I have no problem rolling that way and I feel good about it. So, um, you know, but some, but just being as a retailer, um, or brand owner, you gain enemies regardless. You know, it's a competitive market. And I think that sometimes people in this industry will put pressure on their relationships to try and suppress you. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll do, they'll spread hurtful rumors about you. And, you know, um, all you can do is just keep going and keep doing what you do. And, you know, they're eventually going to realize that you ain't going away. And, you know, it's better to either just ease up or, you know, we can just go Nagasaki and, and see who, who survives the scorched earth, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, I got nothing to lose, you know, um, and that's how I play this game, you know, and it's, I think that's the only way to play this game. It's really it's really funny because like now it's like this huge like. It was obviously made famous by a movie, but now it's become like this like infamous TikTok reel thing where it's the it's the scene from the town. You know, yeah. like, you know, and he's like, whose hey, car are we taking? yeah, whose car are we taking? Yeah, 100%. And it, it's really funny. So like, like the first time I saw, I've seen that movie, I don't know, a few dozen times. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, 
And the first time I saw it, made me think of like all of my close relationships and close friendships too. Like, who could I say that to? And, you know, the right. list of these people, right? And, you know, you know, over the years as I've watched it more and more, and it was really funny before, before it became an instant like TikTok thing or whatever, I, I remember watching, I, rem- I remember distinctly thinking about you. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, I just, I was like, you know, Mike's probably one of those guys that just like, yeah, absolutely. For one yep. of his friends. Yeah. Like, whose car are we taking? 100%. Yeah, we bury the body and we never speak about this again. <laughs> yeah. You know, or sometimes you just go look, you know, for Fritos all night. And that's whatever. it. Sometimes you got to go. For, you got to go. We need to find the one gas station in Esteli for Fritos. And, you know, and when you do, you buy all of them. God <laughs> exactly. damn it. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Um, start for that that aside we've got sidetracked a couple times tonight this is but like i said this has, great, this has been a really great conversation yeah man. so that leads us into ezekiel twenty five seventeen, or affectionately called yeah. the shepherd which you were smoking yeah. at the beginning of the night so um mm-hmm. a second collaboration with uh with matt booth and yep. um nothing from uh nothing hyperborean nothing from naru nope. um nothing um but Another team up with Matt Booth, um, yes. five by thirty, four by fifty. So a little more mm-hmm. like Grand, uh, you can call it Grand Corona or Grand Robusto or Robusto Extra, whatever you want to call it. Uh, which I yeah. love that size. Not um, quite Toro. <laughs> yeah. If it's made, if it's made at the factory, that could be it could be made at because of who Booth likes to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. They are awesome at this Vitola, and I'm yeah. really excited. I have not had it yet, but really excited to try it if there's any left. Um, yeah, no, I'll have to bring some for you for uh, PCA. Awesome. So it's yeah. now I'm going to go ahead and read this. Yeah, because I because I, I feel like it. And go ahead. Um, I am a I am a I'm a religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Uh, always sticks out into me is I will carry out the great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I take right. vengeance on them, which yeah. is interesting because of the conversation we were just having. So who's car we're going to take, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, um... but is this, is this another reference to a film? Is this a Pulp Fiction it, reference? A hundred percent. It is. Okay. Without question, it's a reference to Paul Fitch. <laughs> um, you know, and like this, this thing it came about the same way, you know. Um, and you, I believe that you know you're actually a person that can attest to this, attest to this because you've known me long enough now to say that you know, uh, proven statistics. I'm, I may I may talk the talk, but I definitely walk the walk when it comes to taking care of the retailers that support me, taking care yes. of my people, and you know, always trying to do the right thing by them. Uh, 100% of the time. And, um, you know, one day we were talking about it on the podcast. And I said, man, I'm just trying real hard to be the shepherd, you know, and Jules, obviously, Samuel Jackson's character, uh, it it was a, he would say that um, right before he would blow everybody away or whatever the case may be. But then as the movie kind of progressed, it had more meaning to him. And, you know, he, he goes to get robbed at the end. Someone's trying to take the briefcase that's not his. And, you know, obviously his wallet and, you know, he's pretty much saying you're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men, but I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. And like, man, that fits for me as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, 
it's really easy for me to put a bullet in your ass, but you know, I would much rather that you win, I win, and we just go about our merry way, you know? Right. Um, and your, you know, here's the $1,500 for my wallet, but I'm going to keep the briefcase. Right. This, yeah, this is coming with me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, now get the hell out of here. You're right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know. It just always kind of resonated with me. And, um, I've always liked that saying, and I've always, I've always liked that character in that movie. And, uh, you know, there's, I, there, that's definitely a movie that I always, uh, reference back in life, you know, um, you know, I try and keep it a little PG, but like, you know, somebody like, let's say somebody asked me for a, a box of cigars. Right. And I'm like, I'll take care of it. As soon as it comes in, you know, um, I'll, I'll put them on a, on a list in my notes and I'll know that when it comes in that this person gets taken care of, or let's say somebody needs something and they need it shipped quickly because they're about to fly overseas and they want to bring their cigars or whatever. There are times where they'll get nervous and they feel like I'm not going to come through and then they'll start texting me or calling me or, or emailing me like, Hey, what's going on? What's going on? And I always respond with calm down Jules. I'm on the motherfucker. And then they're like, Oh, Oh, I got the wolf. I got the wolf. Like, yeah, you damn right. You know, I'm going to take care of it. If I said it's on, it's on, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe we're I'm not perfect hundred percent of the time, but yeah, you know, I'm going to deliver, you know, you know where this is going now. Cause yeah. of last, last conversation, like one of the last conversations we had. Go ahead. About you taking care of, about you taking care of people. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this is one time I'm not going to name names. All right. I already gave away the green okay. blue thing. Okay. So okay. I was all having, right, I'll let it go. we'll call, we'll have, we'll just call it a discussion. Okay. Of uh, a discussion with, with someone who, you know, smokes cigars like I do. And the, the subject turned to, well, who, uh, who's the best online who's the best online purveyor of cigars? And I said, well, uh, yeah. I said, well, I was like, well, that's really subjective. Cause you got to, they're, they're really there. I mean, there's, <laughs> there are huge, you know, there are huge purveyors like cigars international, a couple other ones that have like, that have the variety. They're able to give the big deals. They're able to do this. They're able to do that. I said, honestly, man, I just really think about, I just want to get my cigars. Like I want right. to get my cigars in a timely fashion. Like that's all I really care about. And, you know, I can find cigars. That's not the problem. Right. Um, I just want to get my cigars in a timely fashion, which led to the secondary subject of like, well, okay, well, who has the best customer service and speed when it comes to shipping cigars? And I, like, without hesitation, I was like, cigar hustler. Next question. Right. Like, no, that's not true. I'm like, have you used cigar hustler? Yeah, but that's not true. And I was like, okay. Um. And so, like, I bizarrely got really, I, I took it really personal. Right. And but not you for you. Like, your, your opinion. With, like, and, and with all respect, Mike, this had nothing to do with you. This was all right. about, like, I, I was, I was, right. I'm right about this. Like, no. Right. Like, right. you're wrong. And, you're way, yeah, and you, you just disregarded my statement. Yeah. And yeah. so he told me who he thought had the best. And I've ordered from them, too. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're fine. They're good. Right. Right. There's nothing um, wrong with them. Yes, nothing wrong with them at all. So I said, okay, I'll 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 make a bet with you. We're gonna order the same cigars, the same amount of cigars from both purveyors. And you're gonna order yours a full 24 hours before I'm gonna order from Cigar Hustler, and mine's gonna come first. Regular shipping, yep. no expedited, nothing like nothing that. Nothing special. Just, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm not putting a rush on it. 
standard. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, th- this is going to be the e- easiest bet in the world. I'm like, oh, you're right. It is. No, it's going to yeah, be awesome. It sure is. Yeah. So, um, so we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, no drum roll here. Yeah. You, you won. Like, yeah. Of course. I mean, and you're not, o- not only did yours arrive first, yours arrived a full 24 hours before had, yours. Yeah. So you were, you, you and he had a we head ordered, start. We were, yeah, we were 24 hours from, uh, from the other one first. Wait 24 hours ordered from you. Yours came 24 hours sooner than theirs. Boom, regular, baby. Regular yep. shipping on both. It's a terrible problem for me. Uh, you know, um, look, you know, I'm glad that worked out and it was perfect, you know, and, and that's 90% of the time or 95% of the time or whatever. You know, you do have your hangups. You do have inventory issues, sure. broken product, damage, stuff like that. You know, these things occur. But I'm going to tell you right now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, it's a horrible problem for me. If someone emails me, uh, they get a response pretty quickly. You know, if, if someone uh, Facebook messages me, uh, Instagram message, whatever the case may be, you know, uh, and when it's in regards to sales or product, I, I have a tendency to be all over it, you know. Um, yeah, so much to a point that, like, you know, it consumes me to some degrees, you know. I just want to make sure that the people are ta- people are taken care of, you know. So, yeah, that's that's all I got, you know. I just like taking care of people, making sure that they're they're happy and content, and, you know. Because of that, though, I have been fortunate to really meet some really amazing people and uh, they've become great customers and great friends of mine, you know, time and time again. And, you know, it's it's really easy at that point. You know, you, you, you learn pe- how people are growing up, what's going on with their kids. I mean, like the whole thing and people that I would never met, you know, but because of the cigar industry and because that we have this relationship and, you know, I take their order seriously and I want to come through for them. Um, you know, you just kind of build these relationships that are, you know, across the nation and across the world sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's cool, man. It's really cool. Absolutely. I, I think yeah. it's just, it, it goes back to your core philosophy about just like taking care of people. Like I remember one of the first conversations we had was just about um, when you looked at it, when you looked at operating your business from the perspective that you are, which is the, you know, the owner entrepreneur and everything like that it wasn't bottom line. It wasn't scale. It wasn't everything like your, your biggest concern on a daily basis was, was making sure that your people's job was easier. Um, right. Like the, I remember the story about one of your employees was not complaining, but just mentioning that like their feet hurt at the end of the shift. And so you got them an extra mat to stand on. Right. You know? And yeah, you know, all that stuff, you know, that's a big deal. Like, you know, if you're not having a meet, like we have a meeting every week and if you're not taking care of your people, like, Hey, what can we do better? You know, to make your life easy. Like the most recent one was, um, we got a new refrigerator behind the bar. Right. And it's a real, it's probably like the newest, like it's like not used, like it's the, the nicest piece of equipment we've ever bought in the store, you know? <laughs> so the handle to open it's on this side. Like, so you have to, if you're right-handed, you kind of reach over, you know, the way that it's built and it's really, really tight. So it creates, it's, it's not comfortable. Like this is yeah, a pain awkward. in the ass, you know? So our, our employee mentioned it and she's like, Hey, you know, like she was timid about it too. She's like, Hey, you know, can you do this? 
when, is there anything we can do here for this? And then she kind of started to backpedal. I'm like, no, no, this is something that we need to address. If this is a problem for you, you know, we'll fix it. So, you know, within the week, we got like a handle that has suction cups on it that's stuck to the glass. And now it's a hell of a lot easier for anybody to open. You know, you try and when you pay attention to detail to those little things to make someone's life easier, they're going to reciprocate. You know, they're going to say, well, he's got my back. You know, I got to have his right. Or they, you know, because my brother, but, um, you know, they have my back. I got to, I, you know, I should have theirs as well. So, um, you know, I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, what's really kind of funny is if you have someone's back and they realize and they, they're like, you know, what, fuck this guy anyways. It's like, it's really easy to weed that person out at that point. It's like, well, I've done, I've gone above and beyond for you. You don't even want to meet me halfway. That's cool. You're out. You know, we're, we're right. moving on. So it's a lot easier to weed out the bad apple, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But good memory, Barrett. My God, remember all this stuff. Only the gems, Mike. Only the gems. That's it. <laughs> so, um, but this is this is kind of the last major topic I wanted to talk about before we go into some of our last fun segments here. But actually, before that, let's go ahead and tackle the thing that we had talked about before the show, uh, which was this, uh, which is our charity segment that we do each week. So each week we talk about, um, you know, a nonprofit or a charity of my guest choosing. And uh, so Mike came to me this week with uh, with a, probably the most unique idea that I've had date on this. So this is pretty, this is pretty cool. I'm really excited about this. Um, and uh, so I thought we'd open up the forum and talk, let you talk a little bit about it here, Mike, and, uh, and uh, why you decided to, uh, why you decided to pick this, um, this nonprofit, because it certainly is, <laughs> it certainly is a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Man. So you want me to start? I don't know yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, you know, uh, being a dad, you know, there's always there's always some types of fundraisers or things going on. And, you know, um, it's summertime. So things are obviously a little bit quieter around my house. But my, my eldest son, Jax, he is a best friend and um, he's great at baseball. I mean, the kid is he's a phenom, man. You know, he's got he's, he's a big kid. He works extremely hard. He's always practicing, you know, uh, and, you know we're proud of him. You know, we, 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 we love him. Like he's one of our own, you know, they're considered family to us and, you know, they're out at, at you know, for us, like your local grocers, publics and stuff, they made state championships and they're, they're on their way um, to this Thursday to go. And um, you know, they, you gotta, when you move on an entire team, it's like, you gotta have hotel stay. You gotta they're like, it becomes a huge debt to, all these parents and you know and some of these parents can't afford the whole thing you know even you know i mean like you know if you got a kid it it gets expensive going into sports really 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 fast you know um so they're trying to raise money to to go to states and and cover some of the costs and i I see i see him out working hard trying to build and 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 make more money for the not just for himself but for the entire team and you know uh i'm for I'm definitely for trying to raise additional funds for them so that they, that it makes their life a little bit easier uh, and they don't have to worry about covering those costs for, you know, the, 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 the travel. And, and, I, and I'm hoping that, you know, we can alleviate some of that pressure for them as a whole. Again, not my kid, but I know that, that you know, he is a good kid and, and, he, and he's working really hard. So I want, I want to see his team succeed in any way possible. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, and and we 
you know, a lot of people don't realize is that with like youth sports and everything, you know, this, this takes a lot of time for parents. This takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. for the volunteers who are coaches. Uh, they're, they're not compensated, you know, then a lot of times, um, they do this for, for pure enjoyment. Um, and you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really big sacrifice for a lot of people. And like you said, for, for the kids, I mean, they just want to, you know, this is a great opportunity for them to play and stuff. So um, I've, I've brought up the photo of their, their Venmo scan that you can bring up and you can, so the, the team is the ABA nine and under all stars. This is the payment for Venmo and you can donate whatever you want. So, um, yeah, absolutely, man. so, you know, the great thing about Venmo, I don't think there's a minimum. I think it's a dollar. So, I mean, right. you really don't have to do much. And every little bit out the accounts because, um, you know, like we said with youth sports and everything, I mean, it's it's not cheap. It's pretty expensive. So, um, this is a great opportunity. So later uh, later tonight, uh, Mike, I'll be uh, making a small donation in your honor, uh, so Thank that you. the uh, so that the ABA All Stars can uh, can get the states so that they can uh, have a chance to compete with other kids and stuff. Awesome, um, I appreciate that. Because let's face it, it's a heck of a lot better than you know, the stuff that they could be doing playing sports. So, yeah, man, you know, uh, it's, yeah, it's very easy to get, you know, caught up into, into some riffraff like the rest of us all did growing up, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's a, it's, and it's tough, dude. Hey, like I, I got sucked into coaching my kids team, uh, football team and, you know, I love it, you know, it, but it's, it's demanding as far as time and it's mm-hmm. not nearly as busy as baseball, but you know, um, and like, then you got to deal with uh, parents and, you know, the whole thing. And, you know, someone, no one's ever happy at the end, like, or someone's always upset. I feel like even though you, you try and you give it your all and you put in everything that you can, you know, you, you're they, not every kid's going to see the ball, especially in football, you know, and um, you try and set that precedent at first, you know, it's like, look, you know, we love having your kid on the team. We will do our goal is to try and teach them fundamentals of the game and kind of build up and get better at things. But, you know, they're not necessarily going to see the football. They're not, you know, it's, 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 it's just not possible when you have 15 kids and you have four offensive plays and then it usually results in a touchdown or the first play is a touchdown, you know? So yeah, yeah man, it's good stuff. Now you sports is uh, entertaining. the parents, you bring up the parents. I used to umpire uh, in college Ooh, for for youth yo sports. Blue. Yeah, go blue, man. That's 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 a tough job. Not gonna not gonna lie. Brutal. The the kids are fantastic. Brutal. The kids are fantastic. Like yeah. good good sports. Like high integrity. Just I mean everything that you would want out of your own children, right? Just like man, this, this, these kids are a dream. This is fantastic. And then their parents open right. their mouths. Their parents, like, man. It. Like, can you go, sir? Because we were, really? we were, we were, we were having fun. We we're having fun. God, it's yeah. You know, um, I will tell you this. So, uh, Jacks originally he started off on baseball for a little bit, and um, COVID hit, and thank God we kind of got out of it because I didn't realize how big of a commitment baseball was. So, kudos to any parent that that deals with uh, baseball on the regular, right? But, you know, um, my friend's on the – he's one of the coaches. like, hey, why don't you come out and you can be, like, the first base coach or whatever. I'm like, okay, sure. Like, I know nothing about baseball. I know how – I know the concept of it, but I don't know anything about coaching. And like, that. like, sure, you know, I'll help. Um, and his kid is – I think his kid was catcher. And, you know, at this point, the kids are six, right? Right. Six or seven years old. They're so small, right? And um, 
when a when a throw to home happens, uh, the catcher would over go over the plate, right? And apparently that's a big no no. You're not supposed to go over the plate. But again, like these are rules that we're and then things that we're trying to teach kids, and it's like one step at a time. Yeah. So you hear one of the other coaches yell to the player, you know, if he's running home and he's in your way, you take him out. I'm like to the six year old, like you want, you want this. What are you doing? Like you're teaching this kid to just run another kid over for a game. Like what the hell is going on? So like, I didn't even understand it at the time. as to like what that meant, but the other coach did. And he goes to, address it with the other team and i'm like i don't know what's going on but we're about to whoop somebody's ass so you know i go stand right <laughs> up next to him and i'm like okay you know I, whatever he says i don't know what's right or wrong i'm with him so it, <laughs> it, 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 if it's if it's on it's on you know but i'm like you can't tell a six-year-old to run over another six-year-old you know like that's not cool man especially when that's the rule i mean i mean back Back in my day, that that was the rule. You were to run them over. They block and play. You you ran them over. That was the rule. Right. But they've changed that. I mean, they've changed that all the way up to the professional level. <laughs> you know, like like you you can't you can't run over the catcher anymore. So I mean, that's to teach a six year old that. Like, oh my gosh. Um, I, I I so I so funnily enough, I made this. I made a similar mistake today. Right. So so my 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 oldest son, he's six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. He is sports aren't really his thing. Okay. Um, okay. He's, he's got some, definitely some other areas where he's really, really excels. Right. He right. loves, to, he loves to construct things. He's very tactile. He's very, he's very inquisitive. Um, there are you a lot got of an engineer on your hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I've just never, uh, he's, he shows interest in baseball because he knows how much his father loves it. He'll play it for a little bit, but I mean, he's just not terribly coordinated. Although, uh, when we went to the Padres game in San Diego a few weeks ago, there was there was a kids it was a kids day and they had this setup where you could hit the ball off this air tee. And man, mm-hmm. he, my my son is is apodextrous, so he right. went up there and switch hit the shit out of that. And I was like really impressed. I was like, holy crap, dude, that was awesome. Nice. But but athletics just isn't. He's not very coordinated. Just it's just just the way it is. So today we're at one of those trampoline parks. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, indoor trampoline parks where they, you know, and there's this one area that's a little jousting. Right. Place. So you, you pick up one of the, you know, you know, yeah. jousting things and, you know, it's soft foam below and everything like that. Yeah. You can get and, even with your kid. I know. I know. I've yeah, seen exactly. things. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, he he's going up and so they're taking turns and he's going up against this girl who I noticed earlier, who was incredibly athletic, very tough. Right. And I'm like, oh, she's going to just demolish my son. And right. that's okay. Whatever. No big deal. You know, hey, they're playing right. over foam. Who cares? And, and so I, I, I made the mistake I guess, <laughs> of saying, <clears throat> you know, cause I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to be that person. Like, Hey, take it easy on her. She's a girl. I didn't want to do that because right. she could clearly take care of herself. And then it's my son who, Again, is not mm-hmm. as coordinated as and, you know, right. and who's getting the brunt of that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of said, I kind of, I told him, I said, hey, you know, sh- you know, she's not going to take it easy on you. So defend yourself, and you know, and you know, because she's just, she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna handle you essentially. And right. uh, he's like, okay, like I didn't think much of his reaction or anything like that. He didn't right. say like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get, 
Like he, he was yeah. just like, okay, all right, sounds good. So he goes out there and he fucking bull rushes her, dude. And like, <laughs> and she goes into the pit. And, and everyone was fine. I like went over. I who uh, her dad, who I didn't know, he was videotaping the whole thing. And I'm like, man, I, I'm sorry, man. I thought he, I thought she was gonna crush him. I'm not kidding. And he's like, oh no, it's great. You know, it's fine. And I was like, right. like okay, thank God. I mean, um, he understood the assignment. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah he figured he's like, like yeah, I, like, like, it's it. the first time in six years that he's ever listened to me. So it's fine. Um, there'll, be, there'll be no mercy. Guess, <laughs> guess you gotta start somewhere. But, That's it. but yeah, but yeah, um, kids, are a lot, kids are a lot of fun. So, so check that out. I threw, showed that on there. They'll be in the show notes. You can uh, check them out on Venmo. Um, you can hit the uh, the at sign and it's A B A. Nine U All Stars, so the ABA nine and under All Stars. You can hit Venmo again; it could be any donations you want. Uh, send Mike's uh, kids' friends to state. Let them compete with other kids their age because this is a great time, great time in their lives, and they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't miss out just because of a few dollars here and there. You know, absolutely. Thank you very much for doing that. Absolutely. Um, another quick question here. So you mm-hmm. know, and this is kind of like I said that that. One of the big things too. So this year, 2022's PCA um, will be the first year, certainly not your first PCA trade show, but it'll be the first year that you are a vendor. You'll be having your yeah, own. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a solo vendor. Yeah, solo, I'm, I'm not solo by the, yourself. Yeah, I'm not with the uh, Roma Craft booth. Yeah. Yeah, that's Which, uh, pretty unique. Which I was pleased to see that they actually will be having a booth this year too, as well. So they're they're back after yes. a year hi- year hiatus, technically two because there wasn't one two years ago. But right, but that's great. So, but you will be yeah. having your own booth. What so so what made you decide to 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 go solo and have your own have your own piece of the pie here? Well, I mean, I think this is kind of how it played out. It wasn't intended for us to be separate, but it, you know, it just kind of worked out that way. Uh, you know, I wanted to go. I want to support the PCA and, and, you know, at least say, and and say that I'm relevant, you know, um, which is super important. Um, And, you know, like I have extremely low expectations as well. Like, you know, I wanted to keep it simple and say, Hey, I'm here. You know, I have a booth. Here's my, I'm supporting, I'm supporting the rights and the cause and everything. And, and hopefully I get to hang out with some people. I know I will. And, you know, meet some new people. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, my, my expectations for this PCA, as far as overall sales are very low. I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't think that it's going to be gangbusters. And I think that's, you know, I know that a lot of people will say, um, oh, it's the best year ever. I mean, I hear it every friggin' year. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, give me a break already, you know, stop. And then every once in a while you get that little glimmer of hope where the guys, where somebody walks up to you and, you know, they're a little too, they got a little too drunk that week. And, you know, their sales sucked. And, like, man, this was a horrible show. I'm like, thank you, finally, for saying, for somebody <laughs> coming up and, and saying how you really feel, you know. But um, I think that our, our economy is definitely in a, in a turmoil point, right? And I think that what you're experiencing as far as retailers are these huge swings. Like, you're having these, these great weeks um, where your numbers are fantastic. And then you're having these other weeks where, numbers are surprisingly lower than you've ever seen before or, you know, well below the average where like it's an 80 point swing, you know, or a 60% swing. 
And, you know, I think that people are scared. Like, even if your numbers add up and there's still growth, it's still smaller growth, you know, and um, what's happening is retailers are kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, you have gas that's through the roof, you know, you're, you're, you're worried about people coming in. And I think that that's going to affect the overall numbers of retailers in this PCA. Um, so we'll see either way. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to go out and have a good time. And like, for me, it's not really so much about the sales. It is the camaraderie and hanging out and BSing with people. I have a good time with that. So I'm going to be a little more laid back this time around and, um, and just support, just okay. support. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the in-depth raw detail of, of my look, my, of my opinion on, on this upcoming, the numbers for this PCA, you know, it's not PCA's fault. Uh, even though there are all types of things and whatever that's all out of control, I think that, you know, the state of the economy, things are starting to get scary. So, and uh, we're one of those industries that you'll, you'll, you'll experience it first, you know. I know there was a big push to get people to stay at the hotel. Um, there was. And uh, um, it was be- way before the, the gas prices and everything. I was like, man, they, they just can't, they can't catch a break. Um, yeah, man, dude, I took one out of the media house playbook. We got Airbnb this time around. There you go. I'm like, why, why are we spending all of, why are we doing this? We're, you know, we're spending $300 a night in a, for a room and, you know, we're just there to, we sleep there for four hours, we shower and then we just go right. Like that's uh, from a, a wholesaler perspective. That's pretty much the reality of the room. You know, right. yeah, it's not, it's nice that it's there. It's nice that it's on property and that it's close and you can just kind of go up, change and go back down for dinner or whatever the case may be. But I'm like, I just didn't feel like it was worth it. You know, it's like I, or we could all have a place where we can smoke, hang out, BS, whatever. And when it's time to go to bed, we just go to bed. That's it. Done. You know, um, it's it, like, it just seems more uh, approachable for me. So that's what we did. We took an, we got an Airbnb this time around, you know? Nice. So yeah. who's going to be, who's going to be working the booth with you? Is it Palmer? Is Palmer coming along? That's a great question. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, of course, Palmer's going to be there. You know, uh, he's excited. He wants to be there. Um, we're bringing the a, a represent buddy. the BDP, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we have a cameraman. His name is Phil. Not, his real name is not Phil, but we call him Phil. Um, his nickname is boots. We're going to bring him. He's a good friend. Um, you know, and he's, and, and he geeks out over all the stuff and all, all meeting people and stuff. So uh, definitely wanted to bring him. And my brother will be there, um, you know. So that's pretty much the setup for, for us to, to kind of chill and hang out. And Palmer's going to bring his wife as well. So the mysterious, she'll, she'll sec- the mysterious second Stephen Kevich brother. The mysterious. Yeah. Yes. The behind yeah. the scenes. Behind it's, the Yeah. The wizard, man. The wizard, it's, right? Right. It's kind of like the man behind the curtain. You don't want to look, though. You don't want to go in depth because you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> you know, just just leave the the mythical creature there, and you know, keep the mystery kind of going. You know, there, there's but the I reason say, why everyone knows you while you have the podcast, right? I mean, there's yeah. All right. Okay. All right. But I, I can tell you for sure that one of the very most annoying things that has always asked me at PCA if he's not there is. Where's your brother? How's your brother? Where's your brother? I'm like, he's not here. He's not here. If you want to know how he's doing, call him. Like, I don't know what else, you know, like. <laughs> come by, like, the, come by the store, figure it out. 
it's like it's like you know your three quintessential topic of discussion when you're trying to find like so how was your trip in okay yeah i'm like yeah it was good we flew we got on the plane it landed we're here you know yeah. it was great it was fan- fantastic you know, like, I, w- I went with the, I, w- I opted for the almonds instead of the, the yeah. pretzels. I just felt a little yeah, nutty. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. You and know, the flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I get the, and where's your brother? I'm like, mm, mm. So I don't, I don't get the, like, there's no, we can't even get into the, the, the bullshit and having a good time until I get that third bonus question. So I'm going to say he's over there. Go away. Boom. You know? There you go. There he is. Go you, find you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen this year, right? Tell me. No one's going to ask. <laughs> no one's going to ask about it this year. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know what I should do is I should make an ongoing thing and I should tally it. And like I should have people guess how many times people ask me where my brother is or how's my brother. We'll use that as like a universal thing. And um, whoever hits the number right should win something or something. There you so go. I think maybe I, I, think I that like would it. Be fun. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> insanity so which cigar which cigar are you on right now mike uh, i moved i've as Got, as i predicted i have advanced to the neanderthal very fantastic all right yeah so you've smoked a number of these this is your always your mm-hmm. go-to nightcap this is the cigar but i'm curious about another cigar moment and this this uh this segment is always brought to you by um asylum cigars so mm-hmm. refuge is more than just a physical place it can be a state of mind some of life's greatest yeah. reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments yeah. like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, Mike, we were talking uh, a little bit about the show, about the segment in particular. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is very community driven. You have your tribe. You have your shop that has they, they have their own. You, you have I'm sure, sure, sure several tribes that call, you know, Cigar Hustler home. Mm-hmm. But it's this very community-driven industry. Right. Um, but every once in a while, we get to have that moment that's just us and a cigar, mm-hmm. and it can be for it can be a celebration, it could be for anything in particular. But so I'm always interested to kind of hear about these moments. So yes. it could be anything, Mike. It could be the only one you've ever had. It could be the most recent one. It could be one uh, that specifically comes to mind. So. Go ahead and fire away. Tell us about that moment. Yeah. So that so for me, you know, and I'm glad that you got to you asked me this question beforehand because it gave me two seconds to kind of think about it. And I instantly thought of this one place. And I really, really miss it because I can't do it right now. But it's it's awesome to kind of to give me like a map for the journey of what I'm where I'm on. I when I when my first son was born, we lived in this little apartment. And uh, we couldn't afford shit, man. You know, we're a few years into the industry, you know, maybe three or four. Like we're moving along. We're making we're, things are working. But, you know, as a, as a small business, uh, these things take more money as you continue to grow in time. So um, we were I, we just were about to move into this apartment. And there's this one place it's like a little tutu. It's kind of tucked away in the corner. And there was no view or anything like that. And it was like 900 bucks a month or something. And I'm like okay, uh, I mean, that fits our price range, but, like, do you have anything else? I'm like, well, we do have one with a lake view, but it was, like, 1200 a month. And I'm like, man, I can't afford it, but I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's opt in for the lake view. And um, 
it had this little it was like the second story up it had like this little patio that was you know wooden kind of fencing or whatever just enough for two chairs and a little table and i remember kind of staring out on that lake and just like seeing like the nothing and the like the peace and like kind of the serenity and i would smoke a cigar and just kind of chill you know and i would sometimes I, my wife would be there and sometimes i would be by myself just kind of taking it on and taking the moment and like you kind of wonder at that point as the direction that you're going and um you know will all of this work and will all of this pay off and you know i mean it was spaghetti every night it was the whole thing you know and um but i felt like that moment whenever i'd smoke a cigar out there was definitely kind of like my zen like peaceful all right, you're going to be, you're going to be okay. Like you're going to get through all of this and it's going to work out. And like, I distinctly remember the image of that, of that lake, you know? And, um, to this day, I, my goal now is to eventually be able to afford a house that is on a lake. So I can still kind of relive those moments and have that memory and have that Zen kind of chill moment. And like, that's kind of my journey for me, you know, from like a paying somebody else for the view and B kind of eventually paying myself for the view so um when you said it that was the first thing that popped into my mind 100 percent, absolutely you know it's interesting that you just kind of like two moments that wrapped in that kind of brought to mind for me um you know you know not so long ago either the same thing you know we're young young married couple new kid i mean <laughs> broke as i'll get out right Right? it's just um and and i remember those moments of just going on my back patio and having that cigar and it's all it, it for me it was it was yes it was those moments of clarity and everything but for that hour and a half two hours you know while my bank account suggested the the opposite right i was a king you know yeah i was you know the commander of my universe whatever you want to call it whatever metaphor you want to throw at it but for those two two hours it didn't matter right life was pretty good man you yeah. know it's like we'll we'll figure it out we'll get through yeah. this and i feel like i can figure it out and we did you know <clears throat> yeah you we know did. there's never a good time to have a kid i you know i don't i don't i've never met a person that says hey you know, we're financially sound, everything's together, everything's going perfect. And we decided to have children, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, you'll never if have them. If you wait, if you wait for enough money, you'll never have them. Right. And that, and that kind of echoes into everything in life. If you're always waiting for the perfect scenario for things to kind of work out and go your way, uh, you're going to do nothing. You're going to do nothing, you know, because nothing is ever going to be perfectly sound. There's always going to be risk. And what you do is you try and calculate and minimize those risks and you take the leap and you keep moving, you know, um, think about the worst thing that could happen. And it really ain't that bad. You know, like if this is worst case scenario, we still got each other. All right. I'm doing it, you know? So definitely, absolutely, man. Well, that's absolutely. awesome. That was our um, asylum cigar segment. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be the state of mind. Light up an asylum today and choose your refuge. So um, one more question for the night here, Mike. And uh, again, I appreciate I appreciate all your time. I'm so thrilled that you are in much better health this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Um, 
and I'm so excited to see you again here in a few weeks. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome to see the, see your booth and, you know, just, you know, spend some more time with you. It'll be a good time. So, um, but this is our curveball segment. So it's always brought to you by Dunbar Tobacco and Trust. Fast barrels or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Saka has been knocking them out of the park seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. So congratulations to our good friend, Steve Saka. So here it is, Mike. We brought it up earlier. Matt Booth, Room 101, sold to STG. Mm -hmm. And you kind of alluded to this, that like, hey, everyone's got their price. So yeah. Which brings about not this isn't the question, but surely you've thought about selling. Of course. At least thought about it. Yeah, of course. But have you ever thought about buying? Ooh, that is a good curveball. Um, I would I guess no, I guess I never really thought about buying. The bank account's never been big enough, you know? Okay. Um well, you just said like if you always wait around for the perfect financial scenario. So you've yes, it's never, but it's true. never, but it's never been a dream. Like you've never thought, you know what? I could run again. Not I'm not. I don't want to throw names. Really, I you know if I could get a hold of that brand, I could really do something with it. That's never. That's I have never had pressure. That, okay. I like those are two different statements though. I, you know, like okay, because I've never looked at it in the fact of I can buy that brand and fix that. You know. Okay. Fair for enough. me, normally when I see that type, like I'll see a news clip. And or I'll see an acquisition that doesn't make sense to me. Um, not like this one, but like other ones. Or I see somebody become a CEO of a company or some shit. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Like, that guy? Know, <laughs> like, like, I could straighten this whole thing out. You want to give me that check? I, you know, we could have this ship going. We'd be humming in less than six. You'd have, give me two quarters. Give me Q1, Q2. And you'll say, okay, things are moving in the right direction. You know, I'm like, how have I, if that guy was approached, how have I not been approached? You know, like that is that was, <laughs> is definitely more of the question for me. You know, it isn't what can I buy? It's like, why haven't you bought me? You know, um, <laughs> in some form, I don't, you know, like even if I could turn it down, at least I'd be flattered. But that, like, that's never, <laughs> you know, I think that the, that's the most discouraging part of all of it. You know, it's like you see some of these dudes and you're just like, I've watched you fuck up three of these. And now you're going to fuck up the fourth one. And, and, and there was a board meeting where everybody got together and they said, <laughs> you're our the guy. guy. <laughs> oh, what? 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 Are you serious? He's the guy. What does he do? What does he do? <laughs> and you know, I'm right. And I know. That's why I'm in tears over here, man. It's hilarious. It's absolutely true. Like, it's absolutely true. Oh man. Bro, you're you were surrounded by yes people if this was okay to this level. And then you know, and then and then like and then the shoe falls six months later or a year later, and then all of a sudden that person's out. And it's like, damn, I could have saved you all that money, bro. We we would have yeah, this of course that was a horrible idea. <laughs> I could have told you that, but you didn't ask. Right. Let me run this by you. Terrible idea. Is he qualified? No. What has he done? Well, he's been in the industry for 10 years. Yeah, he's been floating for 10 years. You know? Oh, man. And some of these checks are atrocious. I'm like, dude. You know? But yeah. So I've never thought of acquiring, um, per se. You know, uh, 
I mean, but in all reality, the only company that I would ever, I guess, you know, that I would want to join would probably be Roma, you know, and they'll never be for sale, you know, or maybe they would be for sale. Who knows? But, you know, um, cause every, again, everybody does everybody's have that got price, their price, but, right? Yeah. You know, but I wouldn't want them to go anywhere. Like, right. No, no but we're together. But bring, <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, well, turn, turn, turn that up, turn that over. I mean, since we're just playing for fun here. Right. You know, if you had the opportunity to acquire them. Yeah. So what? Okay. So like I said, let's just play this out. Fun time, right? Yeah. You've, you, you've acquired, you acquire Romacraft. Mm-hmm. Does, does nothing change? Does it, is it still Roma? Like we are talking about slating earlier, right? We're connecting the dots. We're going yeah. full circle here. So does Roma stay like in that top slate? Do you? Do you up production on Postania and some nope. of your core, or you keep uh-uh. everything the same? Yeah, you f- uh, I I create. I would. Uh, what would I do? I would I would figure out other ways to to kind of uh, to go into the market and really kind of um, tap into every type of avenue, whether it be ultra premium, whether it be uh, bundles, even infused, whatever you know. And I would look to try and crush and capitalize in every single avenue, you know. The one great thing that they do is they buy really good tobacco, right? Hands down. I don't think anybody ever buys the same quality of tobacco that they buy. And, you know, and, it, and, it, and I can smoke whatever I want. I smoke, I smoke their cigars, my cigars, and, you know, that's it. Um, somebody actually asked me that question. Like, so what else do you smoke, really? And I'm like, at this point in the game, just that, you know, um, maybe the occasional Padron, um, you know, but, and, you know, I'll try some new stuff, I guess, to some degree, but if you're going to ask me what my tried and true is and what I'm going back to, it's going to be their stuff, you know, and, um, and my own collapse. So, um, yeah, I would, but like, you know, there are so many complications in that. It's like, okay, now you got to ramp up production. Now you got to build a different factory. Now you have to have this person do this in this particular area. And then you'd have to deal with, uh, the logistical genius that skip is because he would want things, you know, compartmentalized in specific areas and all these, you know, these particular regions and stuff like that. And you would probably, I would probably drive him absolutely nuts. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. I would, you know, cause I, I, I'm like the hyper chihuahua at points, you know, where I'm just excited and going, you know, and he'd be like, just, you just chill. Just, re- you know, just relax. So, um, yeah, I think that would be the case. I would I would focus on more of the Romacraft products at that point. It's 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 mine too, you know. Right. Yeah. At that point, it is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I thought I would thought I thought it'd be interesting with the tie-in with you know the the collaborations you've had with Matt and the you know the the, the elephant in the room and everything we just talk about. It. So I thought I thought you'd have an interesting take on it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. The good curveball brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco. Yes. So, Mike, yes. thank you so much for your time this evening, man. It's been a great conversation. I know we bounced around a lot. Hopefully, I know our audience is able to stick with it. We had a lot of fun uh, and uh, covered a lot of ground. Uh, Mike, so excited to uh, have you at the PCA Trade Show as a vendor this year. Uh, big things coming, obviously, from you guys uh, from a, from a brand perspective, and uh, just uh, really, uh, I hope it's. Uh, I know your expectations are low, so I hope it the expectations are exceedingly blown out and you have a tremendous, tremendous show. 
So. It's not going to be that difficult for me, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I hope you're right as exactly. well. You know, I, I hope to eat my, I won't ask the that, question though. You know? I won't ask either one. I won't ask you where your brother is and I won't yeah. be asking you, uh, how the trade show is going for you. I will have oh, something. I will have, the- I will have something up these sleeves. We'll, we'll come up right. with something okay. different. So dude, that'll be good. I'm, I'm going to say, Oh, the <laughs> best show. Greatest. <laughs> of all time. you'll stick it in no matter what my question is so what's your favorite color yeah. greatest show ever Barry. dude it was Fantastic. amazing it it's was a record. amazing i didn't Records. know what to do with myself i couldn't breathe i was so busy it was insane <laughs> records upon records it was fantastic Re- <laughs> yeah, absolutely you know indeed so. all right cool really well, want to want to issue a great thanks to the entire audience uh, for staying late with us as always. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I really do appreciate it. If you are checking us out uh, on our YouTube channel, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, and you can always check out our Facebook page where this is broadcasting live every Sunday, um, and the LS Fumar page. They come out calendar of upcoming events. We've got some great shows coming for you. Uh, actually, post show the show is just a couple of weeks away. I can't believe it. Right, we're we're sitting here mm-hmm. um, just a few weeks away. So next week. Uh, will be July 4th Eve, and I'll have the Cigar Coop Coalition on the show. We'll have Ben Lee, uh, Aaron Nielsen, and of course, Mr. William Cooper himself will be covering some of the logistics that will be going on as we cover the trade show for Coop's 12th year. It'll be my fourth show. It'll be Ben's like 20th, because, you know, Ben's been around forever. Uh, And it'll it'll be Aaron Nielsen's second. So we've got a got an interesting wonderful teamwork and dynamic and we'll be talking nice. all things all things pca trade show next week you don't want to miss it and if you are listening to us later wherever you listen to podcasts whether that be on apple podcast spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts don't forget to hit the download subscribe and review button of course if you are a subscriber hit unsubscribe and hit resubscribe so that i can try and keep up with this guy here cigar huddlers podcast Ooh. the number one podcast on podbean uh for yes. cigars yeah uh, i'm i i, I will never hit that level so but we're always gonna you want with that attitude bear I, exactly come i on, knew you were gonna come man. back with something like that it's all come good on, man let's go fine one fine day yeah one fine okay, day good. when i when we'll i buy there. you when since everyone has their price hey. when i buy you when i acquire yeah, a cigar hustlers podcast so done <laughs> done all right everyone this uh again this is our 214 <laughs> take we had a fantastic evening with mike stevenkevich of a Cigar Hustlers podcast, and say it one more time for me. Pronounce the name for me one more time here, Mike. Poshik Distribution. Poshik Distribution and Postania Cigars. Yes. Well, he'll be at the PCA Trade Show 2022. Uh, Check out his booth. and uh, Yes, number 660. Don't ask him where his brother is because he'll be standing right next to him. He'll be there. He's there. This, This was our 214th take. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy. He's Mike. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.